0: Da, 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 da. Meanwhile, at the DC Nation, we are tonight's <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> Here on the roof, freezing in the rain, the sharks just
1: got sprayed. None of the Robins ever complained.
0: Titans go, Booster.
1: You're going to melt just like a really cheese sandwich. And show you just how powerful I really am. I
0: Always, hold always, sight. those who might be. Where my power, green But let the universe howl in despair, for I have returned. We have no more use for this one. Kill him. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the DC Nation podcast, for Parting. caption Packs and Intelligence. weekly podcasts for reviewing DC Comics, movies, and TV shows. Clay like Gotham, The Flash, Garo, Supergirl, Again, DC's Legends of Thrall. I'm Dan Schmidt, your host. Again, we're going to kind of throw things back to the original days of DC Nation before the reboot. Guys, we're bringing back an old friend of ours. Guys, the co-host.
1: Hey everyone, it's Michael J. Petty. It's funny, Dan. I was just going to make a reboot joke, too.
0: (laughs) Yes, we've gone back. Maybe we're having a rebirth. I'm not sure. Maybe. Guys, Dan's Michael's going to join us to talk about what?
1: We're going to talk today about Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, and all that that implies.
0: Okay, please don't throw tomatoes at us for wanting to do this. Because we yeah. have our thoughts. Okay, we're not biased either.
1: Well, we're a little biased. We're DC fans on a DC podcast, so we're slightly biased.
0: Yes, but we're at least going to admit that there's things they could do better.
1: Well, that is true too.
0: Yes, again, get it's not a terrible movie, but it could have been better. Yes. Gotta again, again, that's not... The people that we really enjoy at DC's fault. No. Okay, we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, Nico Kid's going to stop by. Yes, he's not tied up. Get a room somewhere because he didn't like the movie. Actually, Nico kind of did like the movie. But again, like us, he thought there's things they could improve on. But anyway, he's going to stop by Think of some news about our favorite DC shows coming back in the fall. With some big casting news, for Arrow, get Supergirl, and with the Arrow news, it seems to be setting up maybe a war of vigilantes, which could be very interesting for next season's Arrow and may get the show back to its roots. So for more details on that, here's Nico.
2: Flash season 3 will officially be Flashpoint. The season finale of the Flash sophomore year ended with a huge and potentially show-changing cliffhanger which of course spoilers are going to be ahead so if you haven't seen it yet you're going to want to story. The cliffhanger saw Barry Allen travel back in time again to save his mother from the reverse Flash something he tried and ultimately decided against in the first season's culmination but this time he prevented her murder and one of the final images we saw was season 2 Barry fading from existence meaning that by saving her Barry forever altered the timeline but how much was it altered? Fans have speculated what it could mean for next year and this Monday we saw a big reveal from Grant Gustin and executive producer Greg Berlanti on Twitter. That's right folks, Flashpoint the massive DC Comics arc from 2011 will be the premise for season 3 of The Flash. The arc saw Barry going back in time and doing essentially the same thing, changing events and coming back to the present to find it completely different and much darker and less friendly. It was also adapted into a Warner Brothers direct-to-DVD feature entitled Justice League The Flashpoint Paradox but if you think the show will follow either of these versions exactly, Grant Gustin assured people it would blaze its own trail, much like the show has since the very beginning. Dan and I have predicted this development from the very beginning of the series, and I for one am very interested in seeing a live-action version of Flashpoint. I can't wait for the series to return in the fall supergirl cast superman teen wolf's tyler hecklin to play man of steel supergirl has found its superman in teen wolf alum tyler hecklin hecklin will guest star in the first two episodes of supergirl season two which will air this fall on the cw mondays at 8 7 central same as its cbs slot having been spotted in occasional obstructed season one glimpses superman will be for the first time seen in full visiting his cousin Kara in national city in addition to his turn as teen wolf alpha Derek hale hockland's previous tv credits also include seventh heaven lincoln heights and appearances on castle my boys and csi miami Indeed, this is a pretty solid choice for the Man of Steel, but as I've said in our discussions, I don't want to see too much Superman on Supergirl, as I feel it kind of takes away from the importance of Supergirl, and I'd rather see Melissa Benoist be the the focus of those stories. Anyway, it's going to be good. Linda Carter is Supergirl's president of the United States. When it comes to running the White House, Hillary Clinton isn't the only woman up for the job, so is Linda Carter, aka the world's most beloved Wonder Woman, who has been confirmed to portray the president of the United States of America on the CBS turned CW series Supergirl for a multi-episode arc. Carter will make her first appearance in the Greg Berlantiverse on the 3rd episode of the series second season. There are very few details about what sort of president Carter will portray. This is also no doubt a welcome sign for fans of the series who were worried about the move from CBS to CW and how it might lessen the attraction of bigger-name stars, especially with the series moving production from Los Angeles to Vancouver. It's also been reported that because of that said move, Calista Flockhart's Cat Grant may be a decreased presence in Season 2, though there's been no official word on this, so take it with a grain of salt. I really hope not, because I loved Calista Flockhart's Cat Grant. With a get-as-impressive-and-beloved as as TV's first Wonder Woman hopping aboard the project, any and all fears should be assuaged on that front. Wouldn't you think? I mean, for me, it definitely does. This show definitely has enough bad woman on it now the original badass wonder woman will be the president which is awesome gotham casts once upon a time's jamie chung as valerie vale tv line has learned exclusively that once upon a time warrior jamie chung has been cast in the recurring role of valerie vale gotham gazette's newest hire valerie is a crackerjack reporter dead set on uncovering the truth behind indian hill confident and dogged she will do anything to get the scoop and soon sets her sights on gordon who she believes is the key lead in her story a source confirms that valerie is vicky vale's aunt as tv line previously reported Gotham's upcoming third season will also mark the arrival of the Mad Hatter, as well as usher in a bigger batter, Ivy Pepper, as Poison Ivy. Gotham's third season is set to debut on Monday, September 19th at 8, 7 central. Arrow Season 5 Foe Canary to return as new archer hero Artemis Season 4 Arrow guest star Madison McLaughlin is due for an encore though this time abandoning her wannabe canary getup having previously appeared in the first episode following Laurel's death as Evelyn Crawford an aspiring vigilante McLaughlin will reprise her role in multiple Season 5 episodes this time though Evelyn will adopt the superhero persona of the archer known as Artemis in DC Comics lore Artemis was the daughter of villains Sportsmaster and Huntress though she was eventually taken under Green Arrow's wing after his sidekick Speedy left interestingly Evelyn Sharp Crawford had her own DC alter ego as the Birds of Prey member Starling but the CW series obviously chose to go in another direction. Arrow season 5 premieres Wednesday October 5th at 8 7 central. Arrow casts Reaper alum as new season 5 vigilante Wild Dog. Reaper alum Rick Gonzalez will recur on season 5 of the CEW series as the DC comic character Wild Dog. As TV line first told you, the newbie is a cocksure ex-marine turned vigilante. His reckless nature prompts the Green Arrow to take him under his wing. Gonzalez, whose TV credits also include Mr. Robot and Rush, makes his debut in the season premiere airing this fall. Arrow cast season regular role of DC vigilante Adrian Chase in season 5. Arrow has tapped Josh Seguera, who recurred on the NBC drama as Justin Voigt before meeting his demise in last month's finale, to play the series regular role of Star City's new district attorney, Adrian Chase. The character serves as an ally to Mayor Oliver Queen and aims to clean up the streets through the legal system. Chase is described as an irrepressibly charming contemporary of Oliver's and a man on a mission, out as he is to avenge a tragic violent loss from his own years ago past. He is someone who could just as easily shake your hand as your best friend or break your neck as your worst enemy and you never know which one is coming either way he's more than capable of having a good time as he does it in the dc comics canon chase was a new york city district attorney whose family was killed by mobsters prompting him to seek justice in his own way under the name vigilante he also has strong ties to deathstroke who is portrayed by manu bennett on the cw series as mentioned in the other arrow news arrow returns to the cw this fall on wednesdays at 8 7 central Arrow season five, The Wire alum cast as Stringer Bell-like villain to bring to life its new big bad. Arrow wanted a performer who could who called to mind the Wire's Stringer Bell and came damn close. The show has cast the actor who played the acclaimed HBO drama's Dennis Cuddy Wise instead. Chad L. Coleman will recur on season five of the CW series as Tobias Church, an imposing gangster who is looking to unite the various criminal enterprises in Star City under his own singular command. Coleman, whose other TV credits include The Walking Dead, The Expanse, and Roots, makes his debut in the season five premiere airing Wednesday, October. 5th at 8, 7 central. DC Legends of Tomorrow Season 2 adds Nick Zano in Steely Hero Role. Nick Zano, the minority report and one big happy star, is joining Season 2 of DC's Legends of Tomorrow in a series regular role of Dr. Nate Haywood. Haywood is a historian whose grandfather was Commander Steele, a member of the Justice Society of America. DC lore finds Nate assuming the mantle of the heroic figure, Citizen Steele, though it's unclear if that's the direction Zano's character will take. Last week, Legends producer revealed that the female hero, Vixen, will also be a series regular character in the show's sophomore season, though she won't be played by Megan E.K., who portrayed the character on Arrow, should be a good addition. And that's the news with Nico, DC headlines for this week.
0: All right, thanks, Nico, for taking the time to do that and keep everyone kept in and on all the great DC television we talk about here on the DC Nation podcast that okay, we'll be coming back to talking about in the fall after we're done talking about Suicide Squad, which will be our next podcast to follow up this episode. Yes. So without further ado, gotta think we need to read a summary for this. We're just gonna dive right into talking about the big DC movie of the year, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> gotta start things off, we're gonna kind of just kinda of quickly go through the depth of Batman's parents. Because I think we all know what happens there. Green you have to be living in a cave, right, Michael? A Batcave, even. Yes. Yeah, no, I
1: mean, you're to- you're totally right. Every, every form of Batman media, whether it's comics, animation, um, live-action films, or television, has always gone through the origin, once again. I mean, the first episode of Gotham does it. Batman begins the entire movie is basically about it, and they only briefly do it here, but I personally thought they did a fantastic job of covering it.
0: I thought it was one of the most visually intense versions of it. Yes. Guy saw it in IMAX 3D. Guy okay, with the gun was pointed at Martha. it okay, was pulling on the necklace. That was really intense. you felt like you were Bruce. Get okay, the situation, watching it happening.
1: Yeah. Well, and something else I thought that was super cool about the way Zack Snyder did this. And we have to remember too that Christopher Nolan did produce this, so I'm sure there was some some part of him was involved as well. But one of the things I thought was very cool about the way they did the origin this time around was they focus less on Thomas Wayne like every other interpretation has before, including the Dark Knight trilogy, which it heavily focuses on Thomas Wayne, at least in Batman Begins. And they focus more on Bruce's attachment to his mother, which is something we hardly ever really see when it comes to the death of Bruce's parents or his uh, or his thoughts on the subject, which is I, which I thought was very cool and kind of refreshing a little bit.
0: Yeah, and again, it was such an important part of the movie. Yes. For Batman and Superman, I got why they did it. Can I really think what they were trying to say was that the Batman side, where he fights crime and is tough and someone you don't want to mess with in a dark alley, but is also very heroic, comes from his father. Yes. But I think his compassion when it comes to caring for Alfred and the various robins and good people like that came from his mother. Absolutely. because I think that's what they were trying to say. Can a lot of people forget about that. Mm-hmm. Even it Gotham as a series has forgotten about that to a certain extent. Yeah. It's all been about Bruce Wade said then following after his father. Yeah. But again yeah. like I don't want to knock the fathers because they're both very important about answer parents
1: Absolutely. But the mothers are just as important, is as important as well. Yes. And uh, like you said, a lot of times we forget that. I think Smallville really helps us stand to really understand that in terms of Martha Kent. But yeah. And I think Man of Steel did as well. I definitely think it did as well. But we never really have gotten that with Batman at all. And I thought that, especially seeing as how you know the fight between Batman and Superman ends, I think it really worked. And I know a lot of people laughed at it, but I thought it really helped the overall story. Well, maybe not the overall story, but I think it helped them personally as characters, specifically Batman, obviously.
0: Well, the fact that they've really never mentioned the significance of the mothers having the same name was interesting. It's never been done before. Yeah. And I always thought, Can we even guy do that for years? Because okay, there's something up with this. And I'm wondering if because Bob Kane and Bill Finger did know that she was. You know, did mm-hmm. you do single Because I don't know if this was something that they had talked about. I've,
1: I believe there's an interpretation of Batman and Superman's first meeting um, from like the Silver Age, where they're on like a cruise ship or something like that, that actually makes mention of the fact that their moms have the same name. But for the most part, it's hardly touched upon in right. any sort of media.
0: Because I know there's the story where Thomas Wayne met Jorel. Yes. Because that was a cool story. Yes. But that was the only connection to the two families that had been established. Right. But moving on to the future, got Batman kind of experiencing the same moment again in the way. That opening sequence of Bruce driving through Metropolis was really, I thought, all we needed to motivate the fight between Batman and Superman, instead of having to really throw in that weird glimpse into the future. I mean, this sequence had like the perfect storm in it to make Batman angry. He was caught unprepared because he was forced to watch a child lose her parents, mm-hmm. which is something he swore he was never going to let happen again. So do you think this is enough to motivate the fight between Batman and Superman, Michael, from Batman's perspective?
1: From Batman's perspective, I definitely think it's enough to motivate it. I Like I've said, and we've talked about this a little bit off air, but like I've said before, I think the future sequence is more of setup for justice league than it had really to do with Batman's motivation. Because right. if you look at Bruce after that scene, he looks more confused than anything else. And it really didn't help. Um, it really didn't help motivate him to be against Superman at all because he was already on that track. So, I, I mean, yes, I definitely think it was enough. And I definitely think that when we see Batman again in the present, we see that he's been preparing since that day. Um, I mean, the future sequence is neither here nor there. I personally believe that that'll definitely pay off in Justice League. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see for that one.
0: Yeah, it depends on a lot of things. Yes. Okay, we'll get to that. But I think with that sequence, a lot of people were try to justify the future sequence by saying that's what it was for. Give was more motivation. Which, agree with it you, kind you? of makes sense,
1: based on how that scene ends.
0: Right. But, like, if it was me, I'd be like, who the heck is this guy? You know? Mm-hmm. Like, why would I believe him? Yeah. Because it's Batman, for crying out loud. He's the most paranoid person ever. He'd be like, what the heck? Yes. What is this? Can I think you and I got that scene, but I think a lot of the audience was just as confused. Guys, Bruce feels afterwards, over.
1: Yeah, well, especially with when the Flash shows up, and I mean, we'll talk about that more later too. But especially when he shows up, I'm sure that people were confused because then Bruce wakes up again after that, which you know, again, I it. it 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 whether or not it pays off in Justice League remains to be seen. I personally think that it will, but it's it's part of the whole everything will be explained sort of thing. Because I feel like right. Man of Steel left us some questions as well that this movie kind of furthered. Or answered even.
0: Right. Can I heard so, someone in front of, front of me go, is that the Flash? Yeah. Because they were expecting to see Greg Gustin. Yes. So we were like, what the, what is that? Who is that? Did that Flash or not? Yeah. So see, was...
1: and that's that's hard for me too because I, I just don't understand why people can't understand that there's two different versions. You know, even when right. Smallville was on, you had Superman Returns with Brandon Routh. Well, or, or this version of Batman with Batman and Gotham. Cool,
0: well, there's people who solely just know Batman and Superman. Right. So they don't know the Flash could time travel and stuff. Right. They just think you can run fast. Yes. So for a lot of people, it was confusing, because I really think this was the moment that kind of at the credits go, what the heck is going on here? They're trying to stuff way too much in this film.
1: Yeah. And see, for you and I as comic book fans, knowing what Justice League is most likely going to be, right. I think it... it at least for me, I, don't, I won't speak for you, but at least for me, it really, like, helped my excitement for that film. And it, for me, it was more like an after credit scene, but it was, like, in the middle of the movie, which I thought was kind of cool and different. But
0: right. I don't think it worked, out.
1: Probably not as well as it should have.
0: No, and again, Guy would have not put that scene if I was making this film. Guy would have not done that. Well, again. I
1: definitely would have edited this film differently. That did that was something when I first saw this film that really bothered me, and it bothered me about Man of Steel too when I first saw it. But yeah. upon second viewings of both films, I, I it didn't bother me at all. But the editing was so weird.
0: Do, do you have to watch it? Do you have to watch these movies for the once to wrap your brain around it? Yes. Good people are spoiled by Marvel. Absolutely fed Absolutely. spoon that's 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 a uh, problem there. Marvel. They do a very good job of it. Yes. But you kind of have a little bit of like artisticness to it.
1: Yeah. Zack like, Snyder well, is Zach really a, Snyder's a very different filmmaker than you right. know any of the filmmakers at Marvel or even, for example, Brian Singer over at the X-Men franchise. I mean, everyone has their right. own stamp. Everyone has their own mark. And the ways that Zack Snyder does film is very different than the way... Maybe Christopher Nolan's going to do film. And that's cool. I'm totally okay with artistic expression on the filmmaker's part. The, I don't have a problem with that.
0: The only thing is the Nolan's do get so much better. You know, yeah. the editing and the, the artistic yes. flair to the editing. It's a great I mean, thing. Like the Bad Begins, for example. And that is such a way better edited movie than this.
1: I yes. totally agree. But then if you look, if you compare fight scenes, which one has the better fights?
0: True. So sure, I mean, and I, every and every film going has going a, a good different They were going for a realistic, real world story in that one. Oh, but absolutely! I, I, I totally, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I definitely agree with you. But I mean, even based on that, James Bond and Bourne have better fight scenes than the Dark Knight trilogy does.
0: Go, oh, I agree with that. And that's and that's realistic too. So I mean, but that's not what those movies were about, in my opinion. I no, I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah. This had to be. This had to be. Guys, yeah. this is a Superman movie. For it's
1: currently. literally in the title, Batman vs. Superman, so yeah. you're, you're expecting a fight.
0: Right, but again, at the same time, going back to that sequence of the future, good Fight jump jumping the gun. I again, mean, this is just, I think, just the way Zack Snyder grubs me as a person, but it's just like, keep doing these things, makes him come across as incredibly cocky. I mean, like, oh yeah, I'm going to make just a movie. There's no doubt about that. because I mean, we're going to do it my way. Well, it doesn't seem like it's gonna be done his way, because it seems like DC wants to push him out the door. So is there a situation where maybe they should wait another scene before they, you know, when they knew that they were sure gonna have a Flash movie, because that movie's a development hell right now. Well, so my my question about my question about
1: that though is, was it really a Zack Snyder thing, or was it a David Goyer thing? Because they have basically pushed David Goyer out altogether, but we know that he wrote the script for this movie. But Snyder really
0: likes it, Justice,
1: the video game,
0: which is cool,
1: and, right. and it is a great video games. game, and it's a great comic book, and it's a great story. But you know, I I, I don't think that's where Justice League is going, right. solely based on the fact that there are so many parody involved in that scene. Right. I, I think I think th- I think what the future sequence did. And this is just my opinion is I think what it was trying to do is combine Batman's fears with Flash's vision of the future. And I think the reason that flash shows up before Bruce actually wakes up is because he's not actually coming back in the past. He's going into his dream and he's messing with Batman's fears and trying to show him what the future could be based on an alien interference. Not necessarily Superman because that's Batman's fear, Correct. but Flash's reality would be, a world overrun by dark side and parademons, potentially. So, I, I I think it was kind of a combination of both, and I can understand why people don't see that. That was just my reaction to it after I saw it, but it makes a lot of sense to me from that regard. Again, I, I definitely think it could be handled differently and could have been handled better. I'm totally in agreement with you on that, but I also was very excited for Clint, the future after seeing that scene.
0: My opinion, God, what it's going to be, God, this is rich for faking, but. It makes the most sense. Because that was a parallel future. Yes. So it was like they're combining the Justice Lords, Cadmus paranoia about the Justice League becoming that, with the final episodes of Superman the Animated Series, where Darkseid made Superman his gleege to take over Earth. Yeah. So I feel like that's a alternate future which combined those three story arcs from the animated cartoons made by Bruce Timm. Mm -hmm. You and I both agree that 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 Cadmus story arc about the government getting paranoid that the Justice League was going to become the Justice Lords, which are basically superhero dictators, was one of the best Justice League stories we've seen. Absolutely. Well, I think we're going to get hints
1: of that, too, in Suicide Squad.
0: I agree. Because they set up... A version of the Suicide Squad. got Superman anime series. God's a part of that kind of a story arc. Yeah. Oh, so you mean on Justice
1: League Unlimited? Yeah, Justice
0: League Unlimited. Yeah, just think Unlimited. yeah. yeah I think I'm running really bad. Yeah. Guess. No, I,
1: yeah. Which is, I, I don't think because of the reaction to Batman vs. Superman, and I mean, obviously, we'll get into this throughout the entire show, but because of the reaction to the film, the primary reaction to the film, I should say. I don't think that they're going to go with the injustice or justice Lord's route with Superman when he returns. Right. I think he's going to return and those fears or maybe visions of the future that Batman may or may not have seen. Again, I still personally think it was a combination of the future right. with Batman's own fears of Superman. So I think his fears were kind of overlapping with that vision of the future. But I don't think that's where we're going to go. I think when Superman comes back, he's going to be more like the Superman that we know because, well, first of all, I believe Henry Cavill can actually play that right. based on, based on his acting ability, which he's a great actor. And I also believe that Jeff Johns and other people behind DC really want Superman to shine the way that they see Captain America shining over at Marvel, because if Captain America can be that way, why can't Superman be that way? And I, and I don't think that the Superman we've gotten up to this far was, inaccurate to the comics because i, I definitely right. think he was a very accurate version of the character but i think we're going to see a lot more hope involved in him when he returns
0: yeah they've told some darker superman stories with him yeah general Zod was a dark story yes doomsday's a dark story yes plus you had batman in the film so come on the batman superman stories are dark so what do you expect So I had no problem with that. I really did it. I think it's fine. I just think we're going to see maybe some more Lois and Clark in the newsroom and him being a reporter and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that, too. And also, I mean, we have I think one of the things DC is really trying to do with their films and you can call this justifying DC or Warner Brothers or not. I mean, I don't really care. This Mm -hmm. is just my personal opinion is I think they're really trying to distance themselves from what Marvel is doing because I think Marvel has a really good thing going for them and right. their films with the cookie cutter formula, which I know people will disagree with and get mad at me on, but I mean, it's really true. Um, and I'm a fan of those films too. So I I love them just as much as everybody else. I have no problem with it. It works for them and, it, and it's good. Um, but I think what DC is really trying to do is have this, If if I'm going to use the example of Justice League Unlimited type story where all of these characters are doing their things, but they're overlapping each other. And it's not in a way that, you know, they all get together at the end of the Avengers and they fight and then they go back and do their own thing. It's more of all of these stories are more interwoven, but it's also very filmmaker driven, which I think is a very cool thing and a very ambitious thing for them to do.
0: Yeah, I think it's... And I don't think the issue is in the storytelling. I think it's the term. We need some of the... The Jeff Johns optimism thrown into the story more.
1: Because
0: mm. that makes sense. Say that one more time. I think we need the Jeff Johns optimism thrown into this. Yes, absolutely. Because there's always something in his stories that's conspiring yeah. that really just makes you feel like, wow, these this guy believes in heroes and could you want to root for him? Best example I could ever give gives the whole... Green Lantern, Sinestro Corpse War. Yes. Where the whole city started shining green lights in the air to support hell. Yeah. Like, we need a moment like that. Like, that kind of emotion.
1: Well, I mean, I almost think of, too... Um even just his modern Justice League run, because we know that that's where these films are going is they're going towards a Justice League film. And even if you look at like throne of Atlantis, which is a fantastic Justice League slash Aquaman story. And if anyone is interested in either the Justice League as a team or as Aquaman as a character, I suggest that story right off the bat because I mean, it's a very, it's definitely like a dark story because it's a war that kind of goes on, but it's also a very personal and very hopeful story, at least towards the end. And even like, the origin arc from the beginning of that yeah. uh, series with that Jeff Johnson, Jim Lee did, I mean, it, it starts really dark with an alien invasion, and, you know, your characters are coming, kind of forming together, and there's a lot of violence and a lot of bloodshed and people getting killed and cities getting destroyed. But at the end of the day, like, after Batman goes to save Superman from Apocalypse, Superman shows up, beats the bad guy, sends him back to Apocalypse, and the Justice League win. And I feel like that's kind of where the, mo- the Justice League film is going to go on some level, and I think that's exactly what we need.
0: But that story also, gets it's fun though, too. Yeah! Like, there's the a lot of great character awesome.
1: interaction. Absolutely. Especially yeah, between say, Flash and Green Lantern.
0: Well, I've had a Green Lantern.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Okay, there's some really good stuff, and okay, I think these actors can play that.
1: Yes, I do too.
0: Okay, if you throw a little bit more Christopher Reeve into Superman, okay, I really think you can have fun with this. Yeah. Great, even Tom Rowling's hero Yes, he threw it into it. Well,
1: I mean, one of my favorite parts of Man of Steel is when Clark is learning how to fly for the first time. And there's a moment where you see on his face as he's falling down towards the Earth, because he still hasn't figured out the flying thing, that if he just pushes just a little harder, he'll make it. And he does it. And then he actually flies. And like the he has the biggest smile on his face. He is so excited yeah. for what he's doing. Then immediately after that Zod attacks his mom and he has, it's all business from then on. And people are like, well, he wasn't fun after that. Blah, blah, blah. Well, okay. It's his first day on the job and his mother almost got killed. Right. And then his city's about to be, his world's about to be destroyed. It's his home. And you know, there's a lot of seriousness that's gone on since that moment with Superman in these films. And I think we need that because we need to understand the stakes, but, I think we also can go back to Superman is just excited to be Superman and excited to help people and excited to discover more about himself and his world.
0: It's, it's like he doesn't enjoy what he's doing right now. Yeah. To a certain extent. Yeah. He feels
1: guilty about it. Well, he feels guilty about killing Zod, which we know. And right. he feels guilty about all the power he has, even though he all he wants to do is use it to help people.
0: But I, I think that death and him kind of looking back, after, back on his life after he because revived? Because going to change his perspective. Yeah. Again, get 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 we saw strains of or threads of Lois trying to get him to be the Superman that we know. Yes. She was trying to develop him into that. Because that was a big thing. I mean, it felt good to see Lois and Clark back together because that's been gone from the comics yeah. for yeah. the past, like, three years. Yeah. Because it's Smallville ended, too. Cause so it just felt really good to see them back together. To see them talking, to see them work on each other, we clearly, Gabi Adams did a great job of capturing the love that Lois has for Superman and how she inspires and keeps him going. Yes. That was there, but we need the playful banter and flirtation that goes on between them. It was so well done on things like and Clark, the new Adventures of Superman, Mm -hmm. because it's all those later seasons. Those were really fun scenes. Get really good stuff in it. That's to Clark. They need to fight with each other. They need to compete and be a good competition. Yeah. Even though he is Superman, there's still this aspect of Lawrence where she she wants to get run up on him. Yes. She's like, I don't care if he's Superman. I could do cool stuff too.
1: Yes. Well, and one of my favorite Clark moments throughout this film, and there really aren't a whole lot because he's yeah, Superman for the majority of, majority of it, and it's okay. It makes sense. You're introducing Batman, so you have to go through Bruce Wayne. I get it. The there whole last movie was about it. Clark. But one of my favorite Clark moments in this in Batman vs. Superman was when he's arguing with Perry over wanting the Bat Bat story.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I just it's so Clark, it's so nineties Clark Kent, like in the newsroom, getting down in the streets, urban reporting, like all of, oh my gosh, it was fantastic.
0: This is a nineteen thirty eight Clark. <laughs> no. It's, I you're
1: start yeah. like that. Yes. I Yes. Mean, it was great. I okay. I loved it. And it you can see on Henry Cavill's face, that Clark really wants this, and Clark really wants to be a good reporter, and Clark really wants to be as human as everybody else, but at the same time, knowing that he can also do something about it.
0: Because that's why, when they do Man of Steel 2, I want a reporter-based story to go along with it. Yes. Where he and Lewis have to do the investigating and the report of labor work to figure out how to stop the threat. Yes.
1: Inner Gang would be fantastic if you could do it.
0: Yeah, if you could pull something like that off, or if you, there's some way you connect it to Brainiac.
1: Yeah, Brainiac is really who you need to do for another Superman movie because they've never done him. Well, they haven't really done him, and they need to.
0: Well, it would be kind of cool because if they did like the working, of the shadows kind of thing, like like the the uh, the Milton, cause Milton Stein, what was his name? That they did on Smallville. Milton Fine. Milton Fine. Because they did something like that.
2: Yes.
1: That would Break be
0: cool.
1: Up. I would be definitely on board for that.
0: Like he's a... Uh, maybe he's like a computer professor or something like that. Or an astronomy professor or whatever. at a school and stuff. And again, he's running some kind of computer system or whatever. That's a threat. Well, even if they did
1: like a Brainiac possession thing like they did to Chloe in Season 8 of Smallville... And then you had Mel and fine, fine possessed by uh, techno- technologically right. by Brainiac. That would be very cool.
0: You know, it'd be kind of cool is if they did like a like a computer system, like a person of interest thing. Mm. Like he's like a defense contractor or something. Can he creates a computer system that can watch everybody and monitor everybody? Because then it's technically Brainiac. Because what he's trying to do is he's doing the same thing he did on Krypton, which was they relied on him so much he was able to destroy the planet.
1: Right. I was going to say, because you have to make him, I mean, he's technically Koolian, but you have to make him Kryptonian, especially because it works so well with what Man of Steel set up. Because yeah. they don't ever really explain the destruction of Krypton, and I feel like that would be a perfect way to do it.
0: Yeah, so he you know, he was the one that made Zod paranoid. Yeah. And it was because of the computer system that was moderating the planet and predicted that this was going to happen because went crazy because he had that knowledge oh
1: yeah i like that see that'd be very cool and it, i would love for either jj abrams or guy Ritchie to do man of steel 2 I, I it probably would never happen but i think yeah. they both work really well
0: well jj abrams was gonna do superman movie at one time yeah he was attached yes that's true i think he could bring the right optimism to it
1: yeah, well, and I think he could do a lot of really good sci-fi stuff for it too, especially if you were gonna do Rainiac. Yes, I feel like he, the way he handles science fiction would be really well, or do really well.
0: Daddy, Daddy, also is very good at throwing some white humor. Yes, does it cross? Cordy gets Cordy into the film.
1: Yes, yeah, he would be my pick. If not Guy Ritchie, because him and um, him and Henry Cavill work well together. Man from Uncle is a fantastic film.
0: Yeah, the only thing is Guy Ritchie's a little tongue in cheek, good stuff, you know.
1: But I feel as Superman, that's okay.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. Just make him less flirtatious. Yeah, yes. Because you like three characters that flirt around a lot. That's true. Well, so, if he
1: were, if he was that way with Lois, that'd maybe be okay. But yeah, yes, I, like I agree. That.
0: Yes, that that would work. Because we Amy Adams could play that. Oh yeah, she could play that. I think. I think they haven't really pushed her talents too the max of where it could go
1: no i don't think so either and i i don't think she's been pushed that way in a long time unfortunately
0: right. i mean i think throw in some flirtation cover listen to a little white snake mm. it's follow reference yes it would, it would be fun it would be fun. it would be good stay the heck away from wonder woman we don't need that romance
1: no we do not batman but, and wonder woman can maybe have a thing
0: but i think it's gonna go there a little bit i think so too I think it's going to be like how Justice League did it. Yeah. Which wasn't bad, because it wasn't overbearing. No. I, mean, I don't really think they... Well, they did catch that one time, but, but that was a cover thing. Yeah. That really it was a, go, let's, we're home, we fucked up. Now, going to some issues I had with the movie, it was great to see Close and Clark together again. But I really had a problem, Michael, like, with this guy who lost his legs because the Kryptonian attack. Being someone who was so angry, he became... A mass murderer. I just really felt like it was stereotyping people with debilitating disabilities. Because people, because they have just be people who are very angry at the world. get many of these people that have these disabilities where they've lost their legs or paralyzed, or whatever, are real life heroes. Like veteran soldiers. get a big person that I think would come to mind of a lot of Superman fans, which is Christopher Reeves, who played Superman get in that movie, and he's like the basis that everyone bases who plays Superman Alpha. Mm-hmm. And so I just think maybe they would have been better off if they, they made this guy like David Graves, who was that author, give the second story arc of the Justice League New 52 reboot. Um, that, that story is called The Village Journey. That's the name of the, the trade or the graphic novel that captures those comics. And guy like that story. With him just taking revenge on our favorite heroes because his family died. I just think that would have been much better and much more relatable. The the, uh, the disabled guy being the villain, that's kind of a stereotypical thing. It was kind of going back to gold school comic books. I think the world in comic books have evolved since then to make a disability be what fuels a villain. Yeah. So, do you think they would have been better off doing a David Graves Thing I mean it kind of would have been like Baron Zemo a little bit in Captain America Civil War, but I it would have been fine with that.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I liked I liked the David Graves idea a lot. I think that would have probably been better. I did, I have to be honest. I didn't really mind the way they did it in the movie because I felt like Lex taking advantage of someone who had lost seemingly everything was in character with Lex. Yes, it was. I mean, and I, I thought you that on that level it worked really well, and you know, I would. I mean, I don't really have much of an opinion other than that. I thought, I thought, in terms of Lex and his story and what they were doing with him and his character, it was exactly what it probably should have been. But I agree. I think maybe the David Graves idea would have been more compelling, and it would have been a nicer nod to the comic
0: fans. Because we've seen Lex. Take advantage of people for a lot of different things. Yes. Because it's been done better than it was in this movie.
1: Yes. <laughs> I don't think the movie did it in a bad way. I thought it did it very well. Um, But we've definitely seen better.
0: The, the, the best is probably that that Superboy story arc. Remember when he said he could cure his sister?
1: Oh, yes. That's hard to read.
0: That was just... That's brutal. Where he cures her. Because she's fine... Just to and prove. Then he it takes it, it away. away. Okay, he takes it away. Cool. Well, you, have you read? um Garage dirty. Have
1: you read any of the current Justice League book? Because they kind of redeem that a little bit by making his sister, like he in the New 52, he locks his sister in LexCorp, and he goes goes a visitor at one point with I think Batman, because she has a mother box, and yeah. turns out she's actually working with Darkseid and she tries to kill Lex. So so the tables kind of <laughs> turn, which is kind of funny, but. <laughs> but it That's shows funny. that he actually cured her of the disease, and she's, like, coherent, at least in the new 52. And then right. I think she dies, so it doesn't really end well for her, but the tables do
0: turn. <laughs> that is funny. I like the irony of that. Yeah. But still, I just. It, it's been done better. There's another story I can think of where it was, like, a one shot thing at the end of uh, like a really early post-crisis superman book where they talked about how evil glex luther could be mm-hmm. and he took he took advantage of some construction worker or, or something and it was just it was brutal what he did i do if you know the story i'm talking about like glex is sitting in a diner and he's having a conversation with somebody about how like he gained the business rights to something that was big going on Kid Metropolis, I forget what it was. God, it was really interesting. God, that it, sounds it, really familiar. God, it, it just was like a perfect example of how Clux Luther could take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. God, See, and, he, to...
1: and he always looks for the weakest person, too. I mean, even if you look at Jeff John's Secret Origins, he yeah. picks Rudy Jones, who's a big fat guy, out of the crowd, and says, oh, by the way, I'm going to make you something. And then he ends up turning into Parasite. Right. You know, he does the same thing to John Corbin after John Corbin has basically been blown up. He turns him into Metallo. So, I mean, right. he definitely takes people when they're at their, you know, weakest, when they're at their worst, which is why at least in my opinion it didn't it didn't bother me. Now, I, I totally understand the whole disabled thing and the concept of making them the villain is wrong, and I don't disagree. Right. But again, kind of I is. I think it worked better for Lex's character right. that he took advantage of somebody in that way.
0: Well, again, that's another idea set up for battalion. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I thought it was going to be.
1: A lot of rumors said that the guy was either John Corbin or Jimmy Olsen, and I was just praying that he wasn't Jimmy Olsen. Right. But um, I thought he was going to be John Corbin, and it wasn't. he actually wasn't anybody. So that was kind of a bummer.
0: I agree, too. I think it would have made it so much better.
1: Even if you called him David Graves or called him John Corbin or something of that nature, I think it would have been better.
0: I think his name was Wally. Of all things, was that it? I don't even remember. Cause he's at the beginning of the movie, right? Right, cause he's cause the guy he's that Bruce ask, helps. Yeah. Yep. Cause his name tag says Wally. That sounds right. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's obviously not Wally West, but. No, that, oh, thank God. Thank God. But. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's weird.
0: Well, the whole story with him and the blob, blob of Congress, and that whole situation. God, I really liked. I was followed up with the surprise appearance from Kevin Costner because Jonathan Kent. Yes. I think that story about the flood, I would kill all the legs. cat all what he thought he was a is a great way to put this story in simple real life terms. Which is what Jonathan Kent does so well as a character. So I like that. And it also kind of made me breathe a sigh of relief that because Superman is not going to fight Batman out of anger or vengeance.
1: Right. In fact, he doesn't really want to fight him at all. And I, right. I thought yeah, it was I mean, super
0: true to the Superman story. Because the new Fifty Two version wouldn't have done that. Though. Well, yeah. Good. So I was glad to see that they did the right way Superman would handle something like this.
1: Well, I think we need to be careful about saying the new Fifty Two version would, would have done that because I think he would have at the time of the Justice League comic when it first started. So in the in the past right. he would have, but as he developed over time, he became more and more Superman like to the point of actually sacrificing himself. Or his friends, because now he's dead.
0: Right, and again, but, um, I think there was some writer changes. Yes, absolutely. When absolutely. I realized, okay, this is. not how people want to see Superman. We need to do something about this, because it's something that Grant Morrison's Superman wanted to. Do. Yes, that that that's the best way to put it. There you go. <laughs> but then again, we we had complaints about Superman getting that Justice League book, having the glory red eyes. Because they're making him look scary. Got him just like talking bad man. Because I'm yeah. really talking things out. Yeah, that's
1: true. But remember, they also explain that too because he was just a p- attacked by a parademon. True. And he was on Lex court p- property, so I'm sure that was a factor. So, I mean, they do explain stuff like that, but I, I agree. Right. It, it's it's definitely a little bit out of character. I mean, even if we watch Man of Steel, he, I mean, the way he attacks Zod and Feora after they attacked his mom... I, I think that's justified, um, but it's it's oh, not yeah. a normal Superman reaction. But it's it's still it still makes sense for the character because of his love for his mother. Obviously, in the New 52, it was a little bit it was handled differently. So,
0: well, you could push Superman to the point where he gets angry. Yes, Quid's like this is last straw. Good, good in this situation. I don't think he was there. No. With Batman, he wasn't. No. With Lex, he was. Yes. Yes. But that makes a lot of sense, and that's, that's what Lex Luthor does.
1: But that's the thing. He wasn't going to kill Lex. He still wasn't going to kill Lex, even after yeah. all of that. And he and he could have easily killed Lex,
0: Lex and zoomed to find
1: his mom, but he yes. didn't.
0: But I don't think he would have cared if Batman would have scared the crap out of him. Well, no, I don't think he would have cared about that either. I'm going to drop him off a building now.
1: I don't know. I think Superman would have you know, probably saved him.
0: Yes. But he would have let him fall. He would have scared the crap out of him first. Yeah, He would have let him crap his pants. Because yep. they saved him. Yeah, But again, there there has been extreme situations where Superman just lost it. Where Batman died. he's <laughs> a good example. Yep. He lost it there. Which rightfully should. Losing Lois would break him a little bit too. So there's times where it made sense. And even killing Zod, can that sequence, that was just fine as well yes i now i give him every chance
1: yes i i always go back to at the end of justice league unlimited where he loses it on dark side and says do you want to see my full power because i'll show you because that yeah. scene is amazing
0: well there was nothing left at that point no i mean there was no other option right because like okay the world's gonna go to hell if i don't do something
1: yeah so, I thought that was interesting, and i and I definitely thought that the confrontation between him and Lax was very well done and very true to Superman comics. One of the things I don't understand about people's opinions on this movie is they'll say that you know it wasn't it what didn't feel like Superman it wasn't really Superman, but if you look at every scene with Clark and every scene with Superman in this film, he definitely acts like Superman i mean there there's no right. there's no getting around it. If you've ever read a Bronze Age or modern age Superman comic book, you know that that's your Superman
0: there was just a lack of the lighthearted moments. Yes. That is also the threat of the story. But that doesn't not make him Superman. Because, you know, I,
1: like, keep... if you read The Death of Superman, he's not out there cracking jokes. He's full on business in that you arc.
0: You cannot say that Henry Cowell's performance is wrong. No. it wasn't. He did everything. He, he tried to, with what he got, he made it as most Superman as he could. Yes. I, I think Ben Affleck did it, too, with Batman.
1: Well, I mean, you even think about the scene that we were just talking about, about Jonathan Kent showing up just randomly and talking to his son. It's exactly like that scene at the beginning of season 10 of Smallville where Jonathan shows up and he's like, Dad, I don't know what to do. Maybe I can't be this hero that they all want me to be. And he goes, yes, you can. And you're going to. And that's when you know, Superman's not going to go fight uh, Batman in anger. He's going to go try and reason with him and get him to help.
0: Right. And I think there there was a lot of, Chris Terrio coming in and bringing that aspect to it. Yeah. He was brought in to work on a script and fix it. Yes. Could I think if he did his own thing, I think there would be more emotion put into it. Yeah. Could well, I and, I, and I like
1: on. David Goyer.
0: I like him a lot. Right. I
1: think he does a very good job story-wise. I don't think he's a great writer, but I think he can come up with some very good stories.
0: Could I think and... concept-wise, story-wise, that's fine, but he needs got another hand to come into the script.
1: Yes, I totally agree. I mean, even I Man of Steel, like, I felt like he got the relationship between Clark and Jonathan done right, but I felt like there could have been more.
0: But again, like he had Jonathan Nolan to back him on the Batman films. Yes. Because Jonathan Nolan is an incredible writer. Yes. So he didn't have him here. Because that was the problem. Yep. So that was the problem. And again, Ben Affleck, I think, noticed that. Because so well, let's bring in my guy who did Argo. Could I clean it up? Yep. But he did the best he could. Yes. Because then you had to have time for Ben. Because the other problem, are so what got left on the cutting room floor was moments of Clark being a reporter.
1: Yep. Which is you know what the, at the end of the day it's fine because I I believe that we'll get that in the long run.
0: Yeah, I mean as long as we conventionally see it, but I think people were kind of hoping to get another Superman movie before we got to this.
1: Well, I mean, the truth is, they were going to do Man of Steel 2, and then Man of Steel, right. the first film, didn't didn't do as well as they wanted it to. So they said, well, we might as well add Batman. I mean, that's that's just the truth. And right. I believe that they were always going to do Justice League, and they were always going to do Batman and bring him back. Oh, but yeah, of I think it, I think it definitely had to. They had to step up their game. They knew they had to get this out as soon as possible.
0: But I still think they owe the a standalone movie. Right? Yes, I think they would fix a lot of stuff.
1: I think so too. I think it well, and I think it would satisfy a lot of Superman fans who weren't I, satisfied with Man of Steel.
0: And I think that Man of Steel too would have been a better movie than the first one. I think so too. I think it would have been The Dark Knight to that yeah. series. Well, but I mean, then, I,
1: I look at Man of Steel a lot, like I look at Batman Begins. I really enjoy it, right. and it, and it's a good starting point for this character. But you know. I'm expecting more for the next film. And that's how I looked at Man of Steel and both Batman Begins.
0: Batman vs. Superman, I feel like, was like putting a Batman movie with a Superman movie. Yes. So you were combining movies. Yes. Which isn't something they've really done or developed yet. And I think overall they did a good job. They did the best they could do with what they got. Yes. I still believe another director might have done this better justice.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. I, I personally think it might have been a, be- a writing problem. But...
0: but then again, we might watch the the Unlimited uh, Cut or the Ultimate Cut and be like, wow, okay, that makes a lot more sense now.
1: Yeah. Well, and I've heard a lot of really good things about the Ultimate Cut that really help the characters in the movie be more um, well-rounded. And yeah, I yeah. And I think that'll help a lot when it gets down to it. I'm very excited for the Ultimate Cut to come out.
0: Well, and especially if there is... That glider Superman stuff. Yeah. That we thought the movie was lacking. Yes. Good. Going back to Lex Luthor, I mean, I just thought the way they used him to motivate the fight against Baron was perfect. Like, that's mm-hmm. something he would do in the comic books. The whole ticking clock. Yes. Can every Superman need to be in multiple places at once? That was classic Lex Luthor. hmm. Good. fine. I, I find Jesse Eisenberg, some people loved him. Because Lex, I thought he was a little too wacky. For my taste. Because that's because I'm kind of biased towards Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. But I think there was a story they wanted to tell behind Gluck's being portrayed this way. Because it felt like there was a purpose to it. And I think some of that was left on the cutting room floor. And I think see that when it made me more acceptable. Of Jesse Eisenberg's performance. Because Jesse Eisenberg said he wasn't happy with it. Because with him, Key himself, while he played it. More of that there was more he did that got cut and he was disappointed because he didn't feel like the character, the the work he put in the character got exploited as much as it should have. Yeah,
1: I really, I, I'm with you. I was kind of taken aback a little bit by his performance in the film. Yeah. Um, I, I think Jesse Eisenberg is a good actor. Um, and I think with what he was given, I think this was obviously the direction he was told to take. And I think based on that, he did a good job. But it was definitely not the Lex that I'm used to. I really wanted someone like Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor, and like you, I'm super biased towards Michael Rosenbaum. So (laughs) I, I really, I said for the longest time, I just wanted them to cast him in the movie. (laughs) And um, I I felt like we kind of got a Lex Luthor mixed with a little bit of a Loki and a little bit of a Joker in the movie, which I don't, which I think for the tone of the film, I think it was fine. Um, but really what sold me about this version of Lex Luthor and, and I have to, I have to say, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it until the scene with him and Superman, um, towards the end. And that really helped me. But the scene that really sold it for me was the very end scene with him and Batman. Yes. And after that, I'm like, okay, (laughs) Eisenberg, you, I mean come back because I, I want to see more of this because that really sold me on his, on this interpretation of Lex Luthor well, because it, it's very different than any version we've seen before.
0: It felt like he wasn't quite Lex yet. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the turning point was him getting his head shaved. Yes. like okay Now the guy in the comic books has emerged. I think at the beginning of this movie he was a kid having a good time. Just wanting to see... Got slugfest between Batman and Superman.
1: Well, he was like Club Zero Lex.
0: Exactly. For you fans. Got then he lost. Yeah. Got his cockiness went away. Got I think he lost his innocence when his head got shaved. Yeah. Got I think the true dark villain that he was came out.
1: Well, and even if you look at everything he did in the movie, just on paper, Don't don't even think about how it was executed, but look on paper everything that he did. He blew up Congress. He kidnapped Superman's mother. He's figured out who Superman was and his weakness. He did this. He did that. He created Doomsday, a monster, to go kill his enemy. I mean, all of the stuff that he does, is very much Lex
0: Luthor. At that point, it wasn't personal. It was just fun. Right. At that point, it
1: wasn't even personal. And now it's personal. (laughs) I, I think the I think what's going to happen with Lex Luthor in the future of DC films is going to be huge. Yes, and
0: I think it has. And he's to... back at Justice by the way.
1: Yes, he is. So that I mean, I'm excited. I like I said before, I wasn't sold on his performance for the longest time watching the film, and I think maybe some of the extra scenes that he talked about would probably help that. But at that that last scene, it sold me.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree. Okay, when he got his head shaved and the look on his face, that was just true pure blood like Suther. Yeah. And I Jeff mean, John at that point, that it's business. Character. So I think with him having more of a hand, good things, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Good. moving on, the aftermath to that, the Batman Superman fight, it was really well done. Yeah. They really did a good job of capturing the strategy that Batman put into fighting him, like the Dark Knight. Quentin's graphic novel did, because you remember that was a really planned out, calculated fight oh, yeah. on Batman's part. Yep. And I think that was all here. He was as prepared as Raquel Calkin in home alone to take on Superman. <laughs> this is my house and I'm going to protect it. You know. He will be trapped all of Gotham. Yep, yep. It's didn't hit Superman with a couple of kryptonite paint cans, you know. Right. <laughs> okay. But I think one thing I have to say about it. I think they should have it a little clearer to the audience that it was fear gas that Batman was using on Superman. Oh, is that
1: what that was? Yes. Because I just assumed it was like a kryptonite gas.
0: Well, I think it was lights with kryptonite. But it was fear gas. Okay. Because I rewatched it. Can I like pay close attention to it? Yeah, yeah, he says fear gas. Interesting. He does say it.
1: Okay. Very interesting. Okay.
0: So I think it would have helped. Get at the beginning of the film, you know when the cops are going after Batman. Get and he saves those group of women that were being trafficked. Get you know, at the beginning of the film. Yep. I think they would have been better if that scene was him taking down Scarecrow. So then it would have made sense where the guys came from.
1: That yeah, that would be really cool. I, and I could see the reason for them not doing it is because they do want to distance themselves from the Nolan films. So I can right. see that. But yeah, I agree. I think that's definitely how it should have started. Because that would have been awesome. And I mean, maybe the Fear gas was a nod to Nolan. Maybe that, maybe that's why they put that in there in the first place.
0: Right. Well, the other thing is, like, he could have stopped him. Because then Batman took some of his canisters. Yeah. And Braden's like, where's my canisters? What happened to him? And then Batman took them. Because he knew he was going to have to do this fight. That would be cool. That would be very cool. The other thing is, you could have just done Scarecrow on a mask. get you didn't have to see who was underneath.
1: Oh, uh, how cool would it have been, though, had they done a character design like him in Arkham, in the Arkham games?
0: Oh, yeah. that would have been sweet. That, that would have been fun. That, I would have bought it. I mean, I would have completely, completely bought that it was Scarecrow. The other thing is, I would have bought some of the hallucinations that Batman had as well.
1: Yes. I, I, yeah, absolutely. May, that I agree. I think that would have definitely helped. Especially that first one where he sees, like, Man Bat in his mom's grave. Yeah. That I, I gotta really admit, I was kind of disappointed we didn't get to see anyone from Batman's rogues gallery. I mean, you can argue you see Mad Bat in that vision, and I definitely would agree with that argument, right. but, but other than that, I mean, I was honestly disappointed that we right. didn't see him take down any of his villains, even briefly, like you said, at the beginning of the movie like that.
0: Because they did think they, they're trying to hide everybody for Suicide Squad, because they're going to probably explain their relationships with Batman.
1: Yeah, but like... You could do Scarecrow. You could, yeah. Like you could have started it out with Croc. That would have been a great way to introduce and, him.
0: Good. You could have explained that they they were all out there. Yeah. Because they have been out there. Mm-hmm. Clay like you, asked the way I was talking, he had fought the Joker before. Yes. Two Face happened. Yep. Because he did. Think of all the good men that are left when he said that line. So we That's know about Harvey. all those who stayed that way. Yep. Yep. So we know Harvey Dent's been out there. I mean, I would assume he's taken on Killer Croc because he's in Suicide Squad.
1: Right, and obviously Harley and the Joker.
0: He do about Harley and the Joker? which we we're gonna get to see that.
1: Yes, which I'm very excited for. That's one of my. That's one of the reasons I'm excited for Suicide Squad the most. I want to. I want to see that Batman Joker interaction in this universe. If if it's the true Joker, because there's I I know true. I know, but I do not yeah, like I'm those not. theories. I would be so mad.
0: If he killed Jason Todd, I'm okay with that. If that story happened, could that explain why Batman was so dreadful in this movie? That would make a lot of sense.
1: We'll see. We'll have to see how it turns out. I'm just hoping that it's the actual Joker.
0: Well, we do know what happened because we did see a costume that said the jokes on you.
1: That's so true. Totally so, so we we do know the ki- uh, not the killing joke. The death in the family did happen. Yep. Although the killing joke probably happened too.
0: Yeah, there's rumors, Batgirl, or Oracle or something of that matter. is going to pop up. Good. Which which would fuel suicide? I think to. she's in the ultimate cut, isn't she? Isn't Barbara in it? I there's heard. There's a rumor. Okay. That she's in the ultimate cut.
1: We'll have to see because there's like a, thir- a half hour extra added to that movie in the ultimate cut. So like
0: there's a lot. They could he could talk to her briefly about the fight. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing. Maybe they'll even throw in Scarecrow. That would be cool.
1: That'd be so cool. I doubt it, but that would be so cool.
0: Yeah, and, um, but ultimately. The fight was good. I mean, Superman was Superman during the fight. Yes. He tried to talk him out of it. Yeah. He didn't want to fight him. I honestly think Batman may have been winning most of this fight because Superman didn't want to fight him. Yeah. I think to held back yep. a little bit. Could I know some Batman fans might get, get agree at me about that. But that's how I felt. No, it's true. Good, again, guy. really like how it ended with the both heroes' mothers. Carry the same first thing that happening. Got Lois coming in and telling Batman, "Stop." Yeah, because he needed to hear it from I think another human. Yeah. That Earth is this, this guy's safe. He's cool. You know, he's not gonna destroy the world.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why so many people were making fun of that how that fight ended because I, they had set it up from the beginning, and yeah. honestly, I thought it worked very well. I thought it was a good payoff.
0: Well, it was the only thing would his parents is the only thing. That would get Batman to stop. Yeah. Anything. Well, and if
1: we're gonna be honest, like people har- people say Batman in film harps too much on his parents, but in the last two films, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, he really doesn't at all. Oh. So it's it's not like we're even like getting a rehash of what we just got a few years ago. It's it's been like actually a decade since we had him harp on his parents in Batman but, Begins. But and even then he fuels
0: didn't. Fuel's Batman. Yes. Because of the loss of his parents. So, like, how can you say, get Harps too much at it? When that's like the whole Root of the Darn story.
1: Right. Well, and I've heard the argument, too, that why would Superman call his mom Martha? And I get that. That that I can kind of agree with. That kind of seems weird. But, but in, in context, I think it works. But the other thing is, he,
0: he might have known that was Batman's parents. That's true. Well, I would because assume he, he did because it. he was
1: researching Bruce. Right, yep. exactly.
0: Yep. So he knew. Yeah. But again, there should have been, on a computer screen, him looking at the murder. Like, remember the second thing? Cause the 89 Batman? When Vicki Vale finds the story?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Cause there's that picture of him in the newspaper? Yep. And she, like, immediately goes, Okay, he's sitting there. He could be Batman. Yeah. Because the look on his face. There's that line that Max says in that movie where he goes, Do you see the look on his face? think he never was a kid again. Well,
1: I mean, even think about like the old, old Batman comics where they talk about the origin of Batman. Why doesn't Joe Chill shoot Bruce? Because of the look on his face. Yep. It's because of the look in his eyes staring at Joe Chill. Joe Chill drops a gun and runs.
0: Plus, the other thing is, think of the look on Lois' face Gritty's he's about to kill him.
1: Right. It's got to be that same look.
0: Yep. It stopped him.
1: I mean, it makes so much sense if people would just sit down and think about it. Not everything is going to be spoon-fed to you with these movies, guys. Right. So That's was, what we talked about. It's not. This isn't a Marvel film. Everything isn't going to be on the surface. Some things you just got to think about. Even yeah. the X-Men films make you think.
0: The other thing is, Superman isn't an idiot. No. People think the only way he can get out of a situation is by using his fists. But there's ways he's used words, kind of talking with people, to get out of a fight or prevent something. For being worse because that's what well, he did here
1: how many times in Smallville did he try and stop his enemies just by talking to him I mean you think about the fight between Clark and Ultraman in season 10 yeah and, and he basically redeems Ultraman who is like one of the most unredeemable comic book villains of all
0: time yep he's like and, there's another way and he just talks to him right and again, that's who Superman is he has in this situation all Superman could say was Martha right it would have been more ridiculous if he because he gave a whole speech before Batman killed him. Exactly. With the kryptonite hanging over his head. I agree. So, again, I don't... The fight, the last 45 minutes of the movie, which is the Batman-Superman fight, Kevin the Doomsday fight, that was perfect. Yes. I don't know how you could get anything better.
1: Well, here's the thing. It shows, A, Superman would rather talk his way out of a fight than fight because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. So that's, exactly. what, he does, that's what he does with Batman. B, it shows that he really does care about people and wants to get the fight as far away from people as possible. Hence, the abandoned building between the Batman fight and him throwing Doomsday into space. And C, he's not afraid to use physical force if he knows he can't talk someone down, hence him fighting Doomsday to the death.
0: Well, obviously, Batman cares about people because he picked that place specifically to have that fight. Right. I know
1: because people keep saying, well, Batman was a murderous murderer in the movie. No, he really wasn't. Yes, obviously there are times where he runs over people and they're definitely dead. I don't disagree with that. But if you look at any Batman movie ever, any Batman movie ever, the Nolan films, the Burton films, or the Schumacher films, people die constantly because of Batman.
0: But he's not, it's not like he runs in there and shoots him in the head. No, he's not like, he's not
1: trying to kill people, but if they're in his way, he's not going to be able to
0: stop. Well, there's Crouch Fire. Yes. It's, It's like, You know, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you.
1: Yes. Well, it's not like he's adamantly trying to kill people. Does he light someone on fire in this movie? Yes. Yes, he
0: does. Does he run people
1: over in this movie? Yes. Does he purposely run people over in the movie? Yes. But but you know what? We we also have to look at the source material of this film. The Dark Knight Returns Batman is not afraid to kill if he has to.
0: This is... The other thing this is post-Death of Robin Batman.
1: Yes. Key's,
0: this is Batman is no more than
1: willing to put himself yes. in a situation where he's considering killing someone. And mostly he's going to say, I'm not going to do it.
0: In well, the, 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 the next movie, he might even have more of a no-kill vow. Right, because of because Superman. Because, yes. Exactly. That, that's, that's the whole thing. He was in a dark place. Yes. And I think Superman, what they're going to explain in the Disney film, at the beginning, especially with getting into the team together, because now going to realize, okay, look, guy I believe the world could be a good place again? guy I believe the world could be a better place? Despite what happened to Jason Todd, guys still believe in the world. Can Superman I to believe again?
1: Yeah, I can think, I think so. that's what he's saying. Right. Well, and even the end of the movie, him, he's like, okay, Diana, we're going to put this team together because we're going to fix the world for him because he died to save it. So we got to help change it because there's something coming.
0: Guys, you were talk to talk That's the only thing they could get Batman out of before. And now I don't think Batman
1: is going to turn out to be like this big, like, I don't think he's going to be like Captain America in the films coming up. He's still going to be Batman, guys. It's He might be a little lighter in tone and more hopeful and optimistic, but he's going to be just as paranoid and prepared as Batman ever was, if not more.
0: Well, I, mean, I think he's That's just say, who the character is. Gonna, and I think he's going to say, okay, the team's together. I'm going to do my thing. If you need me, I'll show up. He doesn't want to be in charge. He well, just wants to be prepared.
1: Well, he kind of does. I mean, well, Batman kind of secretly runs the Justice League, if you think about it. But,
0: but but he doesn't want the title.
1: No, and he'll gladly give it to Superman when Superman he cares, shows up. Yeah, exactly. Well, even think about the fight with him, uh, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Doomsday in this movie. He doesn't take the lead. He lets them go and fight, and he helps where he can.
0: Yeah, he knows his limitations. He's the guy that does the dirty work. Right. You know, he's he's the the enforcer. He's the the general, in the president's cabinet.
1: Yeah, and I mean the way that. Ben Affleck plays Bruce Wayne and the way that he plays Batman is 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 fantastic it's exactly what I wanted from Batman after the Dark Knight trilogy and I mean everybody who knows me knows I love the Dark Knight trilogy and I think but I definitely think it's more about Bruce Wayne than it is Batman and I definitely think that it focuses maybe maybe too much on on bruce as opposed to his alter ego and i think the opposite is true here i think here you definitely see he is batman and bruce wayness is his facade and it's very much like a comic book version of batman come to life i mean it feels like a combination of batman from hush under the hood um dark knight returns and a lot of those type of runs all just combine and brought onto the screen i've, right. I've
0: it's, it's, it's it's a later established version of batman
1: yeah i mean it's it Basically, if you guys were to watch the Dark Knight trilogy, it's still the basic history of Batman, but it's like post Dark Knight Rises Batman, who's been through so much. I mean, that's that's an example I'm using, and that's what the general audience is probably going to go with. Right.
0: But but he's well, he's, if it. he's it. harder. If you think about it, that this movie could easily be put in place of the Dark Knight Rises, or a sequel. Absolutely, because you could easily say, okay, the first conflict with the Joker with the Dark Knight? We didn't see what happened to him. He easily could have emerged again when Batman found a Robin and killed him.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's where Christopher Nolan's involvement came in because I think what I think the reason he was still producing this, these movies is because I honestly think he loves the Batman character, and yeah. I think I think he also likes DC. I think he likes Superman as well, even though he would never do a Superman film. But I, I think his role, and I think Goyer's role too, to an extent, with Batman's character is, okay, what is the natural progression after what right. the audience has just seen with the character? What would Batman do if we had made Dark Knight Rises the way we wanted to had Heath Ledger been alive? And yeah, I, I, I think that's the direction they
0: were going with the movie. With Could get this this might have been thought about it as a sequence in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Well, I Could I remember, they changed things up because... You know, Heath Ledger had died. Yep. they didn't want to make these movies anymore. I think there were maybe a lot of reasons why they changed it, but they easily could have just tweaked the ending of The Dark Knight Rises to make this another Batman movie.
1: Well, I remember around the time it was—it was around the time it was between The Dark Knight Rises release and Man of Steel's release. Um, the website Batman on Film. And I used to go there all the time. It was a great site. Some great guys worked there. But they had insiders with Christopher Nolan, and the guy had met Christopher Nolan, and they, I guess, were not friends, but he'd give him information. And they loved the Dark Knight films. And there were a lot of rumors circulating that a Justice League movie was going to happen, and it was going to be with an older version of Batman. So, like a post Dark Knight Rises Batman. And people had said that Christian Bale was going to be him, blah, 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 this and that. Okay, so come to now with the DCEU, a lot of those theories that they had back then a lot of those rumors that had been circulating turned out to be true i mean outside of him being the same batman the night trilogy but a lot of what they had wanted to do it looks like is actually what came to pass here which i think is very cool i mean i know that um ben affleck isn't terribly happy with this movie which makes me very sad um but i think but i think he did what he could have been I think he knew what it could have been. Absolutely. And I think he's going to take that knowledge into Justice League because now he's a producer of that film. And I yeah. think he's also going to take it into the Batman that him and Jeff Johns are writing and he's going to be directing and starring in. And I think he's going to definitely take all of the criticism to heart, but I think he's also going to stay true to the Batman that we saw in this film because everyone, everyone, regardless of whether they like the film or not, their favorite part was Batman. and I, Which is you why know
0: he's going to stay in the ring which is why he's going to stand. The and way. they want him back. Yeah. And he was fantastic. He worked perfectly. Good. Good. Again, he, there's nothing wrong with his part of the movie. No. Okay, and I think he was trying to be a decent, he would big could say, this is X film. I'm going to give him a break. I'm going to stay out of it. Yes. Because I think he had Jeff Johns. Both were just trying to give the man a chance.
1: Well, and that's, and that's awesome. And like I said before, I think each filmmaker is very different. And I think Zack right. Snyder is a very different filmmaker. And sure, maybe he's better suited to do his own stuff. But I, I still really enjoy this film, and I think he did a good job. I think, like I said before, yeah. or like you said before, they did the best they could with what they
0: got. Good evening, Jeff Johns. Good better, I just realized, okay, this is what the fans wanted. Yeah. So we need to step in and try to fix it. Yes. Go help Zack a better product.
1: Well, and I don't think either of them were perfectly satisfied either. I think, I think, well, I like I said, Ben Affleck is not very happy with this movie and maybe he's more happy with the ultimate cut. I don't know. But I think they're going to take a lot of that in the heart going forward. I was happy with this movie, but like you said, it could have been better and we know that.
0: Well, but again, at the same time, that fight with Doomsday was absolutely spectacular. Oh, yeah. Could I wonder, like... I still movie... wish
1: Doomsday had looked better, but,
0: you know. I just was wondering... If this movie would have been better received, or the scene would have come out cards even better. If Doomsday and Wonder Woman were clipped as a surprise. Because I think it's difficult to leave Wonder Woman as a surprise. Yes. But I think you could have just made everyone think, oh, she's just going to show up as Diana Prince. You know, she's going to have a cameo. That's true. You could have done that. You know, we would have thought it was like like you know, like Thor's Hammer showing up at the end of Iron Man too. Of course, nothing goofy like that. Yeah. Get over there, the Red she disappears. Because it maybe there was video of her or something. Cause it just her showing up at the end. good her costume I think that would have been a surprise. That's the thing. You know,
1: movie trailers
0: suck. Because they know. give away way
1: too much. Teaser trailers in the first trailer usually are pretty good, but then they start putting in so much new footage and spoiling so much. I just right. I think it's lame. It does, like I'd rather go into the movie not seeing one trailer and just knowing what it's about. Than being spoiled as much as we were at this film.
0: Can I have a friend who works with movie trailers or works in that that industry that advertises movies? Good. Those choices go not the call of the filmmaker. Well, whose call is it? It's, it's the marketing department at their studio.
1: Oh, uh, see that sucks because I yeah I think Zack Snyder probably wanted to keep a lot of
0: that secret. It, it's all business demographics people.
1: Ugh. See, and
0: they shouldn't They shouldn't be in charge of that. That's just, they shouldn't be. Right. Because Disney, because of J.J. J. Abrams doing this, they let the director control it. Yeah. Good, good. Good, good. Zack Snyder, get good. You just don't think of it because you're so busy. Because Zack Snyder could have said, you know, I want control. I'm going to step in. Yeah. But that's more work. That's true. So, I mean, again, again I just, I think it was a good situation where it's like, go, I trust these people. They're going to be fine. They're not going to screw me over. Because then I've just seen Zack Snyder sitting at a movie theater and, like, spitting out his popcorn because they just blew half the movie.
1: Well, I even think about, like, No One's films and his trailers, and his trailers are usually pretty well hidden.
0: Because that's because he made a mistake about it.
1: Right. Especially with, like, the Dark Knight Rises. Like, the trailer for that film, like, hardly had any Dark Knight Rises footage, at least the teaser. And Man of Steel's trailer started that way, too, until the last trailer.
0: Yeah, because it was the one scene with Gordon in the... The hospital wasn't it? Yes, and which then you saw a...
1: clips of him climbing, and then clips from Batman Begins in The Dark Knight,
0: which was actually a pretty serious. Because actually, a pretty comedic scene that they made look serious. Yeah, because that's the one where he shows up, get the uh, the ski mask. Yeah, right? and he makes a joke about it. Yeah. So that was even yeah, but I mean going back, the fight with Doomsday was spectacular. I had tears of joy almost coming down my face. Yeah. To see, I mean, these are the first superheroes I knew about, that I was exposed to. So to see them kick butt on the big screen, finally together, was amazing. I mean, just like Adam series. got that's one of my favorite shows of all time. So to see the great stuff that was on that show, good live action, holy crap. Yeah. Got that Wonder Woman rock theme. That's awesome.
1: That is awesome.
0: Her theme is amazing. I know. Like, I love the Man of Steel theme. Yes. Like I do. But this, this was equally awesome. Yes. I mean, I, I would have never thought to put that kind of tones to Wonder Woman's theme song. But No, you just don't think about that for her. That was awesome. Because there was, like, tribal drums yeah. going on there, too. I'm very excited
1: for that Wonder Woman movie. I think that's going to be a great film.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it does, especially with what we saw in this fight. Yeah. I mean, were you blown away by this fight?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it, it was definitely something that I was like. It felt a lot to me like something we would have seen in Justice League Unlimited, and oh, we yeah, just got to see lovely. it in live action. I mean, it felt like that last scene in Justice League Unlimited where they're all fighting against Lex Slash Brainiac, or even that scene earlier in the series or the season where they fight Doomsday, where Superman fights Doomsday yeah. and then Wonder Woman shows up. Like I, I don't know. It was just. It was very cool. I was very excited about it, and. It, it, you know, people are complaining, oh, it was a big CGI flat fest, blah, 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 this and well, that. how but, could you to do it? Right. How else are you going to, A, how else are you going to do it, and B, of course it is. You've seen Man of Steel. You already know the style of fighting. It's fantastic.
0: It, it's what we've wanted to see.
1: Yes. And now you're going to complain that we see it. Well.
0: So when Superman returns again, good right. talk to me, right? Right. But or
1: or go watch X-Men or Captain America Civil War. I mean, whatever you want to do, that's fine. But I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: But again, I I think Zack Snyder is a great, does a great job have the camera. Yeah. He's great visually.
1: Well, you, you said it to me a few weeks ago. You said he should be a cinematographer. He shouldn't be a director.
0: And he, I'm like. He should be supervising the visual effects. Good work against a cinematographer on these films.
1: Yes. I agree. stay
0: away from the story. Yeah. Because that's how he started out, anyway. Yeah, and that's great. I think I, that's what he's best at.
1: Well, I definitely think that going forward, and, th- I mean, this you can agree or disagree, but I, I definitely think he should be involved because he kick-started the universe. But I, I think you're on to something. I think he should be... I don't think he should be involved in story, necessarily, outside of maybe executive producing. But he definitely should be involved with the fighting styles and behind the camera and the camera work and all of that because his films, I mean, regardless of whether you like them or not, they look really good.
0: I mean, I think what he should do, because maybe give them all an outline of ideas that he's having for his films. Yeah. Give that to Affleck and say, and Jeff Johns as well, could say, okay, these are my ideas. Could then have them pick and decide which ones are the best. Yes. Because I think, could I have this problem as a writer? I think Zack Snyder has so many ideas that he can't fit them all into a movie. Yeah. Great I think ideas. David Goyer is that same way, too. Got their great ideas. And it's very hard as a writer or as a creative person to let go of your ideas. Yes. To your whole body wanting to see them. Yep. And, and at least I have the humility enough, and maybe Zack Snyder had this at one time, because it's kind of lost to so go to another person and say, I think I have too much Richard Catania because I want this to be right for the audience. I want this to work. I'm not going to make crap.
1: Well, the thing about this movie is, it tries to be a Man of Steel sequel. It tries to be a new Batman film. It tries to be a Batman meets Superman film. It tries to be a Justice League prelude, and I think it does a good job at doing it to a to an extent. But it it needed to just pick one or two of those things. And, you know, save maybe the Justice League stuff for an after credits scene or Right. maybe think, expand more on Superman and Batman and do their fight closer to the beginning and then have them team up or
0: something like that. I don't know. Something. You need like to that. go into Justice League looking at it as a team superhero film. Yes. Look at it as a Justice League film, Good Justice League story, screw making it any sequel to anything. Yeah. Could you, you, do you know the origin story? Again, again, I think because Wonder Woman's origin story took place in the past, I think that's going to help where we could just jump right into a Justice story. Yes. Because you don't have to really worry about a sequel. Because I think that worked very well with Captain America, cause the first Avengers movie. Yes. Because I I mean, we, we got the origin story, but it happened so long ago. We could just reset everything. We don't have to worry about a sequel.
1: Well, I even think about the first Avengers movie. And if you were watching the first Avengers movie without seeing any of the other films, which I know a lot of people did. Right. You can really just jump into it and understand the characters fairly well. And later, then you just go back and watch and find out. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's what Justice League has to do. And I think the advantage Justice League has... um, and maybe, maybe it's not an advantage, because I think Marvel definitely had the advantage in the sense that they had these movies come out before, and then they did the team-up movie so that people could go back. But may, I, I think also, Justice League, you know, people are going to watch it, and they're going to want more about these characters, and they're going to find out, oh, this new movie's coming out.
0: Exactly, I agree. I
1: and, agree. I mean, we mentioned earlier that Flash is in development hell. I really don't think it's in development hell. I really just think that they're trying to situate everything. Right. But, but, you know, The Flash comes out right after Justice League. Wonder Woman comes out right before. Then you have Cyborg that comes out, Aquaman that comes out. Not in that order. It's flipped, actually. And then you're going to have the next Batman, Superman, and probably um, Green Lantern Corps. That's the other one. Yep. That comes out. And then you'll probably have sequels in, in between. So you'll probably have a Wonder Woman 2 as well. So, all, the, all this take. is going to come out. And it's going to happen. And it's going to be really cool. But... They can be standalone movies and still fit together.
0: There are people who are so against Wonder Woman, yeah. Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman. The idea of the film, and all this stuff. A um, big person on our podcast is cause Nikki on the Marvelverse podcast. She hasn't seen this movie. She refuses to see it, and she thinks Gal Gadot's voice is too soft, or too quiet to be Wonder Woman. that's fine. I mean, she's telling her opinion, but. The way I took it was she was having a conversation to see she's basing that opinion on. Was basically, it was basically, because they're talking in the museum about the sword or whatever it was. Yeah. And of course, she and Bruce are going to be talking in cush tones because they're, not, they're having a conversation about superpowers. They're not going to stand in the museum and just like, yell at each other. Yeah. Because I mean, that kind of gives the whole. Secret identity thing. Go away. So that that, that made sense. Because then once they got to the fight, could she start a fighting doomsday? That was Wonder Woman. Like the battle cries? Could her yelling and like enjoying herself while fighting doomsday? How could you say that was Wonder Woman the right way? That was the commanding strong Wonder Woman. Come on to see. And Nikki agreed with her. cause thought she had a very good point. When I saw the trailer too. But then you saw her at the end. Because full I'm like, this character is awesome. This is going to be an amazing movie.
1: Well, here's the thing too. You can't judge a movie by its trailer because some yeah. movies have great trailers Corporate and are trailer horrible. Or, or Spider-Man that too. 3. Exactly. Well, exactly. And like, I, it, if I'm gonna be totally frank, I think it's really dumb if you're gonna be a fan of something and because of a trailer you're not gonna go see it. I, I think that's dumb. I, and that's my opinion. But. Give it a shot. And I'm not just talking to Nikki here. I'm not pointing I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. But there are a lot of people who didn't want to go see this movie because of either what critics said, based on the trailers, based on they don't like Zack Snyder. Give it a shot if you're going to talk about it. Because so many people on the right. internet nowadays talk about something like they know all about it when they either haven't even seen it or maybe saw it once and walked out halfway through. Like, it's stupid. Go see the movie, read Good the books. Or Make your own opinion. Don't could, go. Could don't judge it? your opinion based on the popular opinions. Because that's that's one of the things that bugs me about Marvel fans. A lot of them are such bandwagon Marvel fans because it's popular. And yeah. I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them are, if we're going to be totally honest.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I'm not a Marvel fan because it's popular. I'm a Marvel fan because I enjoy these characters. And I started watching Iron Man when I was in 6th grade. I was in 6th grade when that movie came out, and I fell in love with it.
0: Well, you know, for, for me, like, I don't feel like I'm doing my job as a podcast reviewer or as an expert at comic books or as someone who's writing superhero stories if I don't go see this movie. Well, again, yeah, d- Dan, base.
1: I'm not going to be on ATA with you and talk person of interest as I haven't seen the last five seasons. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. There's no point. I have no actual right. opinion about
0: it. But again, got someone who calls himself a okay, superhero expert, got somebody who likes writing these stories. People are going to ask my opinion, right? So I felt I had to go see the movie, so I could give them the most accurate opinion. Yeah. Then that I had, yeah. Then I basically had all my facts, got all my research done before I made a an opinion about something. Could got on the air saying something that I didn't have the basis for, or right. the information in the background. Right. That's like turning in a college thesis paper without any bibliography or sources. Excited in the order of the paper. Right.
1: Well, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go on a show and talk about Civil War or X-Men Apocalypse or even this movie if I haven't seen it. And not only that, I'm not going to go and talk about it if I don't know not only like the history behind the film itself, but also like the characters themselves. Right. And, you know, I mean, you can judge Wonder Woman based on the trailer. Sure, that's that's fine if you want to do that. But it's, it's wrong. And if you go see the movie, you see Gal Gadot. I mean, she's definitely Wonder Woman.
0: Right, and again, she, I was, She's
1: absolutely Wonder Woman.
0: And I wasn't a fan of the Wonder Woman footage that I saw. Like when she was riding on a horse and all that. Yeah. Because I, I thought the movie was taking place in the 40s. Like the Wonder Woman TV series. So I was like, why is she riding on a horse? Because it's the 1940s. Like, that doesn't make sense. That's too goofy. Why would why would she be in a war zone with that? Because then when this movie explained, well, it was World War One that she first appeared. Right. Then it went, oh. Right. That trailer makes so much more sense, though. Yes. Because soldiers fought, got horseback in that war.
1: Well, and... What so about, it, it and went start, out of place. Yeah. Well, and she's a warrior. Yes. And that's, you know, that's... And she, obviously, she was born on Themyscira. They don't have cars on Themyscira. They right. have
0: horses because World War One is a really weird war yes. in the sense that there were people like using modern weapons we have today like machine guns and stuff but there were also people out there still fighting with swords and bows and arrows and like anything they could find right. to fight because right. that, that's where that war couldn't end is because they kept coming up with another weapon advancement Right. like it started out as you know The basic guys with, you know, bayonets fighting. And then it eventually evolved into, basically, a modern fair war with the evolution of mustard gas and inventing tanks and all this stuff. So at that time, they almost needed someone with superpowers to even the tide to kind of slow down the innovation. Yeah. So it it makes perfect sense. And I think it makes the movie stand separate from Captain America without it making, it look like, making it look like they're really trying hard to do so.
1: Exactly. I totally agree. And I mean, going back to what we were talking about a little earlier, too, you know, I one of the problems I have with some of the movie critics and their opinions on this film is that they don't actually take the time to go and research the characters. You and I would not be doing this podcast now if we didn't know what we did about it. The, the comic book histories of Batman and Superman, as well as right. the Justice League and DC comics as a whole. I mean, we just want it because we don't have that basis to talk about. Now, can you go and see this movie as just a regular movie goer and have an opinion? Absolutely. And I encourage you to have that opinion and share that opinion. But if you're going to talk about it in an academic setting or even just a crit- critical setting mm-hmm. like we are right now, you have to understand the history of these characters right. and who they are in order to, honestly have a conversation about it it's like i'm not going to talk to you about how laws are passing congress if i don't even know how congress how laws are passing congress you know right. it, it just
0: it doesn't make sense i'm not going to have a
1: political discussion with you if i have no basis to have that political
0: well, discussion God, that's why this this episode's so important because why i'm kind of letting it go on a little long because i feel like we kind knowledge of nostalgia we're trying to help you enjoy the movie better yeah we, i mean like, i
1: want people to enjoy this movie I know this people is, who I went to go see it with who didn't. And I felt really bad for them because I did.
0: Because this is a podcast where I'm like, you know what? We could put a spoiler warning on it. But I think it may even help people who haven't seen the movie. To make them curious again, where certain things are coming from. Yes. That's why I thought this was important. Because if you know the background, it pretty easy to understand. But at the same time, there is a mentality at DC. That everyone just knows these characters because they understand from the get go, and to a point that's code. true. To yes. a
1: point that's true, but not not in the sense that it would be needed to see this movie. Actually, Dan, if 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 I could, I want to recommend a few comic books for people who yeah, sure. would be inter- interested in really understanding and enjoying this movie even more. I, I would really like to recommend *The Dark Knight Returns*. I know yes. that's I know that's a super popular one, but it's by Frank Miller. Um it's a very popular Batman book for better or worse and it really changed how Batman books were written for a very long time and I would recommend that first and foremost because it definitely will help you understand this version of Batman a lot better and not only that but the conflict and the fight between Batman and Superman to a point as well. Um yes. so I'd like to recommend that I'd love to recommend Death of Superman which is actually my all-time favorite Superman story. Um, I love that whole arc, that whole saga. It turns into Superman: A Funeral for a Friend, and then read that as of well. Superman. Yes, read, read those three together. Read that it's, whole thing. Yes, it's the death of Superman until the return of Superman, and in the middle, it's Funeral for a Friend. It's, it's it'll really help you, in my opinion, um, understand not just the character of Superman, but who he is, and the sense that he he would much rather have a conversation and talk to his enemy as opposed to fighting. But if he has to fight, he absolutely will. Um, so that's definitely one I'd like to recommend. I'd like to re- recommend Batman Super or Superman Batman Public Enemies. Yep. That, that's a fantastic book on the dynamic between Batman and Superman. I'd like to recommend Justice League Origin by Jeff Johns, uh, which I, I believe will help people when it comes to the upcoming Justice League film. And I would also like to recommend um, Batman Hush, because I think it will also help with the whole understanding who Batman right. is at this point as well as the Superman story and, I mean, Dan, you're more than welcome to chime in here as well, but the Superman story, um, Birthright, which I I know is an odd recommendation, but I I, I think it'll really help help you guys understand the character of Lex Luthor, and I think it'll also help you understand Superman and where he comes from in terms of his family background. And hopefully maybe it'll help you with some of the stuff between him and Jonathan in the film, as well as him and Martha in the film.
0: But so, I would also recommend "Greeting Batman Death of the Family. Yes. Death of the Family, Death in the Family. Death in the Family, That's yes. the story about the death of the second Robin Jason Todd. Yes.
1: And The Killing Joke would also be a good companion piece to that because yes. it takes place afterwards and will also really help you understand why Batman is so broken at this point in time.
0: Good it's an easy workaround. If you don't want to read the comic books, could don't have time to do that. Check out the Killing Joke animated film, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. Yep. go check out the two-parts Dark Knight Returns animated movie.
1: Which they actually did release as one deluxe edition. So there is, if you look online for the Dark Knight Returns deluxe edition DVD, it's both yeah. parts of the movie merged as one film. And it's it actually flows a lot better, in my opinion.
0: So, so watch that because well, because that sums up the story very, very well.
1: Also, Superman vs. the Elite and Superman Doomsday, or yes. even All Star Superman yeah, as yeah. well, would also help with characterization of Superman.
0: Gore also by Justice League season Justice League Unlimited season two DVD set or Blu-ray set.
1: Are you thinking of the Cadmus arc?
0: That, yeah, for the Cadmus arc.
1: That's that's season one. That's how they label it on the DVD. on
0: season one DVD. Okay. Yeah. Check that out to understand that weird word flashback. Flash forward, if you didn't get what that meant. Yeah. yeah so I would advise you to do that. Yeah, I,
1: I I, just feel like, Dan, we can't be a DC Nation podcast if we're not going to ultimately go back to the comic books and
0: right. say, well, hey, I,
1: people, check this out if you really want to know more.
0: God, I was actually just on the verge of signing The Death of Superman. Because as a kid, when I read that story, that was a big deal for me when I was a kid. That's when I was going, really old enough to get into comic books. God, that was just huge to me, the idea. Well, how could Superman die? God, I was very curious about that. Because I had seen the Richard Donard films. God, I just, he just looked invincible, that fool. Because movie. those movies. So, I was just like, God, does this work. How do you kill Superman? That's a physical impossibility. Because so I read that comic book. God, the big thing I always asked all the whole time. Because again, I didn't know so much about Blue Beetle and Wooster Gold and so Because the obscure members of the Jets League got that time in the comic books. So that whole book, I kept saying to myself, where's Batman and Wonder Woman? Why didn't they show up to back up Superman? Like, where are they, you know? Where's, where's Green Lantern? Where's Flash? Where's the, the big heavy hitters? These, who's these random people like Geist and Fire and Guy Gardner and stuff? Bloodwind. Bloodwind. Like, who, who's actually a martial so... Right, right, right. But, I'm like, who the hell are these people? Like, where's the big people? This is the next Superman crowd. for Grey Land Why is it everybody... Throwing everything to can at tube and this movie gave me what I wanted to see all those years ago. I always believed that Batman and Wonder Woman should have been at that fight. Get the excuse why they wasn't there, why they weren't there, because they just weren't members of the Justice League. Bothered me about that comic. because good as it was, that always bothered me. So I was so much happier they did it this way.
1: Yeah. Well, I but, mean, the, the funeral for a friend also kind of references that too. Yes. And I think. At least on Batman's part, and I don't remember where Wonder Woman was comics-wise during that era. I really don't. But I know in Batman's part, he was. that was during Nightfall. Okay. So I know that's why Batman wasn't there. Because that's another great Batman story, but that's three volumes. So if anyone wants to check out Batman Nightfall, it's Nightfall, Night's Quest, and Night's End. Third. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fan- it's a fantastic story. It's very long, but that's why Batman wasn't there.
0: Again, again I didn't know about that story at the time.
1: Yeah. That was yeah. one of the first Batman stories yeah. I read, oddly enough. That I read, and Death of Superman.
0: I read comic books kind of hodgepodge. At the time, it was just Because I didn't know any better. Yeah, I was like eight or nine at the time. Yeah, So that, that that's all that was. I just didn't have the knowledge yet. Again, there was no internet, so that's a problem too. God, I hate dating myself. But, but I
1: But I think it's interesting too, Dan, that you say that you wish they were there in the comics. Because if we look at this film, even if they were there, it was not going to make a difference. He right, was it, still going right. to die. He was still going to make that final sacrifice, even if they were there.
0: But, but still, it's like, the death of Superman is such a big thing. You have to have your biggest characters there.
1: Yeah. Well, again, he, they are there in the Death of the New 52 Superman, if that right, makes you feel better.
0: Yes, they are. I go with that. Because that was better. And again, with this, the other thing is, I, I like how Superman died a lot better as well. Because the explanation of the comic was, that kryptonites have this protective barrier or shield around them. Cause that they do say it's superman punched each other so hard they broke through it. Cause there's not even any kryptonite anywhere to be found in that fight. Cause I always said to myself, Why did Superman call somebody and say, Go get a kryptonite spear? Go get something and kill a with it. Cause the way they did it here, I think it was perfect. I think this this is how it should have been done in the first place. Yeah. Where he flew with the spear. And I took it as Superman had to do it because he was the only one who had the strength or the ability going to be strong enough to pierce Doomsday's hide to stab him. Yeah. Because it was like, well, why could just Batman have done it? Cause I don't think Batman was strong enough.
1: No, and really neither is Wonder Woman.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Because the thing is, remember, Doomsday is a Kryptonian-human hybrid, so he has Kryptonian skin because he's yeah. it's General Zod's body reincarnated, so... Only Superman, because obviously Superman killed Generals out in the first place. He's the only one actually strong enough to take down someone like that.
0: Okay, I agree. Get again, again, Superman. Basically, he died of kryptonite poisoning more than the actual wound he got. Yeah,
1: which was well, definitely a
0: big part too. Which is why he was able to revive himself. Yes, it's look that, like he's getting revived at the end of the film,
1: which we know he is. But he, yes,
0: because they actually. This goes back to the final episode of Super Friends to Ever where Superman dies, where they think he dies.
1: That's the superpowers team, right? That's yes, when the that Firestorm story. where he thinks yes. he killed
0: Superman. Yes, exactly. And all that was, was he just was affected by so much kryptonite, could have knocked him out for a longer period of time than normal. Yeah. So that's what happened here.
1: Now, kryptonite poisoning can kill Superman, yes. It absolutely can, but... Um,
0: he didn't get enough of it. He didn't get enough got... of
1: it for him to die, and he died really because he was um, impaled. And the only reason he could be impaled is because of the
0: kryptonite. Right, but then he could heal, so...
1: Right, then he gets healed. That's that's why at the end of the movie, the... Well,
0: they the got rid of it crisis... so quick, too. The, the kryptonite wasn't in him for very long. Got no. Because he got impaled. No. Because they didn't leave the spear in him. No. They pulled it out like, right away. Right. So that, that worked. I, at least i so. Okay,
1: and I want to go back to that real quick because I, I know that we're running low on time and yeah. I don't want to drag us long, too much longer, but the way they promoted the movie, it really sounded like Aquaman was going to have a bigger role and I have to be honest, I was really disappointed that he didn't. Um, I know that would have been a lot of characters, but the way they had promoted it, it I expected him to have a bigger role. Uh, actually, what I expected is the scene where Lois was looking for the Kryptonite spear underwater, I expected he was going to come and give it to her and somehow be a part of that fight, and that it was going to be the four original Super Friends against Doomsday. That's kind of what right. I expected, and I have to be honest, I was a little disappointed, but all in all, I was very happy with how that fight and that whole situation turned out.
0: Yeah, I think they, they wanted to establish the Trinity first, and we'll get all we want from Aquaman to the future. And again, maybe that was an intention they had, but maybe Jason from was schedule just didn't work to yeah. be able to do it. Yeah, and that's fair. So I, th- I think that's where that came from. And really, I mean, just ultimately, you know, I mean, this movie wasn't the Dark Knight, which a lot of people claim to be the best one of the best superhero films. Gore wasn't the Captain America movies, especially The Winter Soldier. Right. Which is my favorite. Got a lot of them. But it's a lot darn better than Spider-Man 3, Gore X-Men 3. Yeah. I mean, this is a good film. And again, I tell a lot of people, if this would have come out in 2001, this would have been the best movie ever. Yes. I mean, people would have been like, Spider-What? But because we've seen so much, because we've been exposed to so much, people are a lot more critical now. Yes. Can I say, it would have been a perfect movie. Well, been, even when Batman Begins coming out, came out, yeah. this would have been like, holy crap. So I think, this guy's much more satisfied with this. Guy liked this better than Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I love Dark Knight Rises.
0: Guy, I do, I do too. But Guy liked this movie a lot better. This was a better Batman sequel in my mind to raise the stakes on things to the Dark Knight walls. Yes. Because there's nothing bigger than Batman fighting Superman. No. Because I'm beating. That's, that's huge to me. That yeah. was always a big deal when I was a kid. It's a big deal though. that I mean, you can't beat that.
1: Well, the only thing bigger is Justice League and that's after this. So.
0: Right, exactly. That's coming. And again, I think Clowness also was victim of sex. Snyder. I mean, if he kind of wasn't so arrogant, some of his interviews were pretty arrogant. Can kind of making people angry by basically dissing Marvel movies. good kind say of saying his stuff was better. Which, I think that's not a smart move. Do you know?
1: No, he may not be entirely wrong on on certain levels, but it's not a smart move either.
0: Well, especially when, like, you kind of disadjust reading. Right. Because that's, that's taboo when it comes to... Comic book people. But
1: you know what, though? The funny thing is, is Joss Whedon wasn't even happy with his last Avengers film, so...
0: Right, exactly. And he admitted that. Yeah. He did. He did say that. He said, that's why I feel like I need to step away. Yeah. So he's very honest. But again, Robert Downey Jr., Sam Jackson, Chris Hemsworth, those are quality-named people. So you cannot diss them for the great work that they're doing.
1: No. And they are doing really good work. And their films are very good.
0: Right. And again, with Civil War... They said this is their best film. They said that they thought it was better than Batman versus Superman. But they did it in a way that was not disrespectful to Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill. Yes. They didn't insult him. They didn't even dissect that. They just said, we thought this movie was better. In my opinion, I thought it was too. But that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. No. Get it did feel it was a little... I mean, Civil War is better, but it's not like a huge difference. I walked out happy of both movies.
1: Yes, I did
0: too. So that that's where I was. I was like, and X-Men. I yeah, happy, happy on that, that too. I walked out of all three happy. Come all three satisfied. Big deal. Yes, I have issues with X-Men. Yes, I blame him for a lot of things in this movie. Come it didn't work. And yes, guy would do a lot of things he didn't do. And I think the big thing with him God, I is that I realize God, I have his problem with throwing too many ideas into something. But I realize I've got to go to somebody else to make it work out. Yeah. And I think you agree with that too. Yes, that I do. You can't rely on a ultimate cut, which I believe will be better, but you can't rely on a director's cut, or an ultimate's cut, or something like that, to make your movie better.
1: Well, I mean, so if you if you right watch if you watch Watchmen, the theatrical cut of that movie stands very well on its own.
0: Exactly. Yes.
1: And you know, the director's cut absolutely adds to it, and I think it's the superior version. But the theatrical stands on its own. I think Batman vs Superman does as well, but I don't think it does
0: as well as Watchmen did. Yeah, I, but I do. I think he depends on it too much.
1: I, I, well, I agree. I think there's a lot he wishes he could throw in that he just, you know, for the sake of time, they can't do.
0: Could I think everybody else is saying that, too.
1: Yeah. But now, again, I don't know
0: why they couldn't have just released the director's
1: cut, because, you know, the Hobbit movies were, like, three or four hours long.
0: take it as a rare movie could be that long, but I don't know why they didn't do it, either. That, that's, well, that's all Warner Brothers.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is at this
0: point. but Right, right exactly. Go right, well, come, I think what we're going to do, and I hope he's gone right with this, because I mean, we were a well long time to kind of cover it. Um, I think we're going to kind of maybe paraphrase what James wrote. because that all right?
1: Yeah, that's fine by me. Because, I mean, it's kind of
0: like this. a page, page worth of stuff, and we appreciate him sending this to us. I, this is James for the Marvelverse podcast, by the way. James Hayfall, and we, we really appreciate him being a part of uh, this episode helping me write the script. Because a lot of his thoughts went into doing this, and that's what I'm going to go for. So, basically, James kind of went over a lot of the points that we had talked about with Superman and Batman and how he felt all those characters worked. He thought they mashed too much together. But he did think Wonder Woman worked. and he kind of disagreed with some of Nicky's opinions with her voice and stuff like that. Which we did cover and go over. It
1: does but, seem like he didn't like Batman all that much,
0: though. He didn't like Batman all that much. But again, with James, he isn't a big Batman fan. Okay. he respects the character what he is. But he's much more of a Superman guy.
1: Yeah. And that's fair.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what Go get him. We just... I, mean, I could be wrong. But based on his personality that's more what he's all for but he did make a day interesting point that i mean he thought the wonder woman film is going to be good mm-hmm. he's looking forward or he to see a problem with that in the last paragraph he wrote to us which i think is worth reading is he said i do think that wb putting jeff johns in charge of future films could get a big bad work control will help immersely. even if i would have preferred seeing bruce Tibbs take good dc live action Yes. I think you and I both agree with that. Absolutely. He says he's not worried about Suicide Squad. Because there's fear with the reshoots. That the reshoots were done because that movie was a mess.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: he said, from what I gather, all the WB did was give A. David Ayer's more money. Got time to make the movie more what he wanted as initially intended. Can I think well, that makes sense. Yeah,
1: that makes sense to me too. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah, David Ayer, he's... He, I think he wanted to do these reshoots. He told Warner Brothers they needed to do them. I think Warner Brothers said no. Then Batman Superman didn't do so well. They realized, okay, maybe we need to give the filmmaker more freedom. Mm -hmm. So I think it was more done to give him the freedom to make the movie he wanted to make and make it even better. That's what James thought. He said, he thinks they're doing the reshoots to make the movie that much better. He said he has a feeling Batman probably will be fairly central because the DC... Film universe from here on out. Yeah, but I think it's too early to say. It's probably going to depend a lot on which character. Can the just thing turns out to be most popular with audiences? get at this point, people were most pleased with Wonder Woman, so I'm wondering if it could be her as Can the he... central focus. Yes, Kenny he said, "Heck, maybe the villains will be front and center. Wouldn't that be interesting?" I that think would no be because... interesting, but I think no because it's Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, I don't think the villains will be front and center. I could see Batman and Wonder Woman having like a co, um, st- co-billing.
0: I agree with that too. Could be interesting that- if they did Prometheus.
1: Ooh. But see, I keep. See, from what I've heard, Steppenwolf is officially going to be the villain. And they're only doing one movie, they're not going to do a part two
0: anymore. Okay. Got so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Steppenwolf, Steppenwolf, or Quill Cub. Yeah. I, I, I think more than thing. just
1: him, but that's who seems to be the main it, villain.
0: It's going to be like Loki being the villain in Avengers. because so much more happens.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Good. he also thought, James finished his thoughts up saying, I think the Flash movie will be just fine. I love the idea of either Arthur or Miller. Flash. Can I have trust that Jeff chance could make sure his favorite character is done well? Can I think we both can agree with this?
1: Yeah, I think, I think Flash will be fine too.
0: And then he apologized that this is so damn long, but it's kind of our fault for cutting some weird stuff off, because we talked so long. Yeah. So sorry for this podcast being so damn long listeners. Right. But we did have fun recording. So you yes. can take heart of that, James, because he did hope that we had fun recording. Cause I think that's good. I think Jeff Johns is going to make it better. He promised a brighter, more optimistic Superman, and we both believe that's going to come from can being revived. Mm-hmm. So again, that he's going to have to gonna a a look on life after, basically having a near-death experience, yes. which is very logical for a person in fits That makes Superman man, quite human. Yeah. Um, Jeff Johns is in charge, because of some of Zack Snyder's decisions, and them just being nervous. And Ben Affleck's going to be executive producer, so I think that's a good move.
1: Well, making Jeff Johns the Kevin Feige type of DC films, which they finally branded DC Films, by the way. um, is yes. awesome. It, it, it's it's great. And it's him and some other guy who I don't know, but he's not a comic book guy. I think he's a film guy. So I think them collaborating together will be really good because I think yes. the other guy will help in terms of film and how it should be maybe structured and Jeff Johns will be able to do character work.
0: The other guy is Ben Affleck's producer on all of his movies. Oh, is that who that is? Guess That's who that is. Okay. Very cool. God, if you've seen all of Ben Affleck's movies, you're in good hands. Yeah. This is the guy, this is the producer that got an Oscar for Best Picture for Ergo. That's awesome. So, we're good.
1: I'm I'm excited. I I think it's going to be great. I'm,
0: really, I'm, I'm
1: really super excited for Green Lantern Corps, too. So, I really oh, hope yes. that Green Lantern shows up in Justice League, but I'd that, settle for Martian Manhunter.
0: That's going to redeem it. Yeah. For Green Lantern.
1: Well, you remember, you know me. I actually like the Green Lantern movie, but All it was nowhere near as good as it should have been.
0: You no, know, because Green Lantern is a story rich with potential. Yes. Good visuals. Just, Green, like, Green Lantern should not be done.
1: Court. Green Lantern should not be done like a Thor or a Iron Man film, and that's right. what they did. And 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 that's not how you have to do Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. You can't do that.
0: Green Lantern should be done like a Star Wars movie.
1: Yes. Or Star Trek, really.
0: Yes. I I think that's more, actually better. More of that. Like like JJ Abrams Star Trek. Yes. Exactly. Could you that's just not of, because there'll be Chris Pride was playing a Green Lantern character over Steve Trevor. But I think he'll be great as Steve Trevor as well.
1: Well, from what I heard, Green Lantern is, Green Lantern Corps is possibly, possibly going to have three leads. And from what it sounds like, it might be Hal, Jon Stewart, and Kyle Rayner,
0: which, which I would be very fun. happy for. Yeah,
1: that'd be awesome.
0: Get Kilowog.
1: Oh, yeah. You have to put Kilowog in there.
0: Kilowog's got to be in the movie. I'm sorry.
1: Although, nowadays, because they're pushing Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz so much, it could be Hal training the two of them.
0: With Kilowog. With Killawog. Okay, I just have to keep throwing them in there. Yes. guy okay, would love to see i and Razor from Greenlander Lantern animated series. Oh my gosh, world. I would too. So I don't know if they would go that far.
1: Probably not. But, you know, that's another Bruce Tim thing that we wish they would implement.
0: Yes, because that would be a lot of fun.
1: Maybe in 20 years, Dan, when we need to reboot DC's films, maybe we can do that.
0: Yes, that's what we'll do. Because that was done like Star Trek. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. So that's going to be great. I think Suicide Squad is going be something to look forward to. Yeah, I've been happy with all the trailers, even after the reshoots. Nico's a little scared, but I think the reshoots were done for a very smart reason. To improve the movie and let David Ayers make his film instead of Warner Brothers train to control everything. I yeah. think that's where their mistake was. They weren't doing it like Kevin Feige and Disney does where they kind of let the creators make their movie.
1: Well, they do and they don't. I feel like Marvel has more of a monopoly or a hold over their films, which is why I think Edgar Wright left Ant-Man.
0: But it's better than what Warner Brothers is doing.
1: Well, I'll agree with
0: that. Yeah, I mean, there's... Again, I think it's not perfect at Marvel, but it's working. Yeah. For the most part, They they did. It's openly true, and a lot of people know, that a lot of people were alienated by Marvel. Actors and whatnot. Yeah. Hugo Weaving, Natalie there's a couple other people on the list. Kenneth Brando, Anchor right, as you said. So it's not perfect, but it's a little more freedom than Warner Brothers is doing. Because I don't think the people at Warner Brothers understand these properties at all. No, They're and like, I think space.
1: what Warner Brothers, what their best bet would be, is to let the filmmakers be in charge of their films and have people like Jeff Johns and Ben Affleck and a few other executive producers be in there who are fans to make sure that everything fits and that the continuity fits and that the films mix together, but that there's still their, the filmmakers film.
0: could I think that's what they're going to do. I think
1: that's what they're going to do too. It, it, it feels like to me that DC films are going to be more creator driven, more filmmaker driven than Marvel's and maybe even the X-Men films to a point. Yeah, I think, I think, that's
0: I think a good more thing. so now. Can I think even more so than would before this movie came out. Yes, I agree. Can I think this movie taught a lot of people. Got Warner Brothers and Dad, maybe Pen like Jeff Johns, and Zack Snyder. go on about how to do this type of film. Yeah. Can I think we're all going to be better for it.
1: I think so too. It's funny, but, I, you know, you and I really do enjoy this film, and but at the same time, it's definitely a learning experience. And it, it's not a perfect film by any means, but we enjoyed it and we liked it a lot. And
0: it made a good starting point, I thought.
1: Yeah, and, you know, if we really like this, and this, according to most people, is DC's lowest point, then I'm very excited to see what we're going to get next.
0: I mean, if, this is, if the only way we could go is up from here, we're out of wait for a pretty good up. We are. So I'm still being optimistic, because that's not because I'm having blinders. I'm being optimistic. It's just based on the news I'm reading and what I know about filmmaking that it seems like they're on the right path now. Yeah. Because they're resolving a lot of the complaints and issues I had before this movie came out and knew that there was going to be a problem. So right. I'm very happy with the company that they realized they was there, there was a problem, they admitted it, and they fixed it.
1: Well, and I think that's part of the reason that they decided we're going to release this Ultimate Cut. It's because I think they want to fix some of the things that
0: might have been broken.
1: And I'm, and I'm excited to see it. I'm very excited. I've already pre-ordered it. It's going to be here at the right. end of July.
0: Okay, maybe we'll do a follow-up episode.
1: Yeah, maybe we should. That would be really cool. We Just could do that in The Killing
0: part. Joke. But yes, yeah, so we're talking about Killing Joke. Come on, and with that, I think we're going to a closing. Okay, basically, what could be coming next Quit the show is Killing Joke's possibility. We could talk about that. The Ultimate Cut, I think, definitely on the Table. Suicide Squad for sure is going to happen. God, we're also going to have a Comic-Con episode talking about the panels and the news we found out a Comic-Con regarding Arrow, Flash, Gotham, Legends of Tomorrow, future DC films, and maybe Krypton as well. I guess they have stuff and footage ready to discuss that show right now. So there will be coverage of all of our shows just to get you guys hyped up over the summer for those re- shows return. Get to remind you that we still will be covering all of CW's superhero shows at Gotham in the fall. So definitely do that and we will also be coming out with Comic-Con episodes regarding our ATA shows that we cover on that podcast. So we'll be talking the panels, the Comic-Con panels on Doctor Who, The Walking Dead shows, God Big Bang Theory, and a couple other things. We'll also be talking Star Wars, got that episode, and then on the Marvel podcast. We're going to do a podcast talking about the panel probably for Doctor Strange and upcoming Marvel films as well as the panel for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So there's a lot to look forward comic book, Comic-Con-wise the week after Comic-Con takes place, which is the weekend of July 23rd. Alright, so with that um, I guess we are wrap the show up, Michael. So thanks for joining us. It great talking with you and your was perfect for the show got, getting across the information kind of really wanted to get across to everybody so thank you for doing that thank you for out some reference of, references of comic books people could read to stay up to date on things
1: absolutely I love to be here and I you know I love to point people in the, in the right direction if I can so
0: yes for sure so thanks for doing that it's always great having to have you Cause I did want to spend a lot of time talking with you about this movie I think it was a good thing and I hope it helps friends of ours like Nikki come to Jesus with this film. <laughs> exactly. Nicky, Aim, oh, amen to that. Yes, we we, Nicky, we we are saying this to you because we care. And we want you to enjoy your Wonder Wolf, not be sad. So with that, for our other ATA, podcast hosts, Gnicki Amy, who I hope is still on the podcast after this, James Huffle, who graciously wrote us that great massive. Thoughts on Batman vs. Superhead we appreciate it. Keep doing that for the episode it really helped. With my script, Joshua Bearcray, Nico stack and everyone's favorite guy, Luke Kim. i Dan Schmidt, and I'm Michael J. Petty. Got okay, it till our next episode. We will catch you on the airwaves. See you everybody. Have a great couple of weeks till Comic Con. Okay, we will be back to cover everything DC with that event during the end of July. So see you then, guys.